Big match previews back. Come on. I get those goosebumps every time. I just have to get the big fella off the bench. Oh Could this be their last chance now? And it comes Munster to the fans! He scores! Oh, Ali Munster scores! I get those goosebumps every time. I need that line to throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, we throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah, 713, through the 21, yeah, I'm riding, why they on me, why they on me, I'm riding, I'm sitting low-key, I'm sitting low-key and riding, I'm riding, I get those goosebumps every time, Good evening, everyone. We are back again. Welcome to Loaded Mag and FC Away Days. And we're previewing the big match um, this weekend. Uh, Newcastle United against Arsenal. I've got the main man here with me, Mr. Chris Hall. How you doing, fella? Well, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Back in business. Ready, yeah, I'm ready with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Yeah. Really, um, really infused after last night's performance. Uh, I think, I think, was it Dan who described it as our C team? Was it? Is, is that fair to say? Was it Dan? I thought, I thought that's what he said. But yeah, no, really, really pleased. Um, actually showed a little bit of squad depth, which a few of us doubted. We we weren't sure that you know we we had the depth within the squads. But I'll tell you what, there's some fantastic performances out there. Taking aside the fact that Man United are a little bit of a mess at the moment, looking at the positives, looking at it from our point of view, fantastic results. Very exciting to go through to the next round. Chelsea away. Is a, a little bit frustrating because it seems that we're just getting all the all the difficult uh, ties in this Carabao Cup, but you've got to beat the best to win it, haven't you? So it is what it is, Pete. But how are you, mate? You all right? I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Yeah. Hey, you're always gonna be happy when you when you're beating those boys at Old Trafford. Uh, we don't get to do it very often, so it was a it was a pleasure to watch that. And if you haven't watched the um the live watch along uh, last night with the uh, Jamie and, and Dan uh, representing Manu, then uh, definitely give it a watch because it is a it's a fun watch, let's say. But a uh, fantastic result, three nil um, at Old Trafford. The boys were absolutely fantastic, and they uh, uh, are very much a, a depleted squad. But this boy in particular was um, sensational. Um, as was this boy, man of the match, Tino Livramento. Two starts, two man of the matches, um, two fantastic performances. Um, uh, this boy's a bit special, isn't he, Chris? Just a little bit, just a little bit, and uh, and and big mention as well for my namesake as well, Lewis Hall. I thought, mm. I thought he was fantastic on the left as well. Uh, lo loads of standout performances yesterday, Pete. But yeah, I think for me, I think Tino Livermento fully deserved that Player of the Match award. But it was fantastic to see Joe Linton seemingly back to his normal self and Joe Willock first start in a long, long time, and he he he, he played fantastically well, Joe Willock. Um, and really looking forward to seeing him uh, seeing them come up against his former club at the weekend. Definitely. And the boys celebrated as they normally do with a victory um, with that old team photo in the back. And we are not stopping there. Quarterfinals away at Chelsea. Um, apparently Tuesday the 19th of December. Um, yeah. Uh, we were slightly disappointed at the beginning, but now we're kind of more confident. We're thinking, yeah, what? bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Why not? But look... 
all the all the joy out the way from fan to, uh, for a fantastic result last night. It's about the next game, and the next game is a massive one. And when we have the massive games, we have uh, the big guests, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on uh, two fantastic guests that have joined us before. Um, is, is he here? Is he, is he arrived? Is he is he in the green room? I think, I think he's here. We've got the main man, Dan Potts, uh, from the 12th man. How you doing, fella? I'm good, man. Apologies that I couldn't jump on a bit earlier, but uh, I was yeah. rushing around, man, and I'm here, and I'm looking forward to having a chat with you boys. I need some therapy today, man, so it's all good. Yeah, and look, you're not alone. you got you got the main man with you, um, Albert, from Albert JTV. Uh, back again. How you doing, fella? Not bad, mate. Like I said to you before the live, I said, when Potsy put the call out, I said, I'm there, mate. I'm there. So I'm glad to be back. <laughs> love it. Love it. Boys, absolute pleasure to have you guys on. And uh, I, yeah, me and Chris always love chatting to you boys about all things Newcastle and Arsenal. Look, look, look we, we, we've, we've got to address it. Of course, we've got to address it. It wasn't a great night for you. We're talking about, from our perspective, 3-1 defeat at West Ham. West Ham of all teams. Of all teams, guys. Uh, with Lawless absolutely living life at the moment. But um, look, just break it down for us because we we didn't get, a lot of us didn't get a chance to watch the game. Like, you know, was it a 3-0 result? Was it as bad as it was suggested? Go on, yeah, yeah it, it was a shambles, bro. We we threw the competition away like he has done for the last three years. He don't he don't want it. He, he don't, don't fancy it. Bigger fish to fry um, is what people say. Uh be nice if we can fry a sardine, let alone a salmon, right? I mean, Jesus. Um, for me, I don't know why we're frying competitions away when we ain't won that competition for 30 years and we ain't won the European trophy for 30 years and we ain't won a Premier League title for 20 years. But apparently, this manager's so arrogant that he can just throw any sort of team out there and then wonder why we lost. We had a midfield, Pete, of Jorginho, Havertz and Vieira. Like, let's be real. That West Ham midfield is better than us. Paqueta, Alvarez and Suchek, was it? So yeah. Su everyone tells me Havertz is amazing at Edders. Well, Suchek's better than him at Edders. Paqueta is much better than uh, Fabio Vieira. And Jorginho, I think I'd rather have Alvarez than Jorginho. So when I look at it, I think it's no surprise we got battered in midfield. Everybody's forgotten quite quickly how amazing Eddie Nketiah is. He's fine scoring a hat-trick against Sheffield United, but when the going gets tough, he disappears. And this is why I want Ivan Tony. but everyone says, no, we don't need Tony. we've got Nketiah. Um, stop being mm. Dan. It's just facts, man. The guy is not good enough. Yeah, it's clear. And I just thought it was a shambles of performance. You know, Nelson and Trossard, they were pretty poor, but let's be real, I, I wouldn't say they were the poorest out there. And then the manager decides at 3-0 to bring all the big hitters on anyway. What the hell is the point? You might as well just started them and then took them all off. Win the yeah. game, get them all off, and then they're ready for the Newcastle game. This guy's just thrown this competition. He don't want it. He don't want any of it, you know. So unfortunately, the fans are the ones that suffer. He don't. He's like, oh, we got away with that. Now we don't have to worry about them games. We're concentrating on the other ones. And all the fans again are like pissed off, you know. Well, I say all the fans. Some of the fans, as Albert will know, they don't care. Oh, we don't want that competition. We don't want that competition. That's just gets in the way. That just gets in the way. Absolute muppets. Our fan base, mate. I tell you, they are absolutely shocking. Some of them. They sit there and say they don't want this trophy. How arrogant is that? I'll tell you what, go and ask Kevin Campbell and Tony Adams and Paul exactly. Merson, right, whether yeah. they wanted that trophy in 1993 when they won it. Would they all sit there going, oh, this is a bit of a ball late, boys. We won this bloody thing. They're all absolutely yeah. buzzing. So I don't get it. I don't get this fan base. It's so, we have the biggest 
deluded, arrogant fan base I've ever met in my life. They're all sitting there. We don't win trophies every year anymore. So why are we throwing them away? It's just a madness. And for me, last night, it wasn't, oh, did was you deserve it? Yeah, of course we did. As soon as I saw the team, I told everyone we're going to lose. Oh, I'll give it a chance. Stop being negative. I looked at the team and I thought, they ain't going to win. That's shocking. It's absolutely embarrassing. This 9 out of 10 window that all the Arsenal fans told me we've had, well, it doesn't look like we have had a 9 out of 10 window, does it? Because the bench is the same as it was last year. Nah, man. I, I, I just thought it was poor, Pete. Really poor, man. Yeah. Albert, come on. T- tell us how you're feeling, mate. Tell us how you're feeling after after that one. Potts has, has got it all out there. He's got it all off his chest. Come on, talk to us, fella. Yeah, I still need I still need to listen to Potsy's show yesterday after the game. So I will watch that back, actually. I know Dad wasn't happy. Yeah, yeah. I said to you, Pete, before, because obviously I was going to do a watch-along for the game, but because um, of work commitments, I just couldn't do it. So um, I was kind of watching the game back. But one, I'm actually glad I didn't do the watch-along because after what I saw, um, I think the thing that really, really annoyed me, I don't know how Potsy feels is, we talk about a lot about the fringe players. This happens in any club, by the way. Yeah. You've got to give the manager a headache. Not one of them done it. You know, we, we've spoken for weeks on end about Saka being overplayed and Nelson's there, he's not injured for once. You know, he's been given a contract to stay at Arsenal. Yeah, He comes on and I'm like, I, I, to say I'm underwhelmed, I'm probably being a little bit polite. Um, and like Dan said, the team lineup. I expected a better performance, but when you actually look at the midfield area, which people talk about before games, they analyse it and that's where it's going to be won and... I looked at our midfield in comparison to theirs, and I'm not surprised we lost just in just just alone in that aspect. Um, typical guys like Arsenal will be up there. I don't even need to look at the stats. I know it's there. Up eighty percent, seventy percent, sixty percent. When you break it, when you actually really really break it down in terms of where are we actually effective in the area of the pitch where you think, oh, you know what, they're dominant for you know a good 10, 15 minute period. We you know 60, 70 percent, but that's in our own half. Um, and, you know, I have one player in particular I want to talk about sort of Zinchenko. Um, you know, he, listen, he's got technical ability. I, I, I get it. And he can step into midfield. But I said this before on a couple of other Arsenal channels. Defensively, and it got highlighted yesterday with the kudos goal, he gets himself into some awful positions, man. Um and like Dan says, it really annoys me because I'm, believe it or not, I'm old enough to remember us winning the, 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 the League Cup in 1993. Um, and I look at some of the other clubs. You look at the Cities, the Chelsea's, United. They take this competition seriously, man. And chucking Liverpool in that as well. What I don't get some of the fans, if I'm being honest with you, um, in terms of, you know, oh, you concentrate on the league. We're not guaranteed to win the league. We're not favourites for the league. We know who the favourites are for the league. You know, so... You know, no, we were the favourites for that competition, bro. Arsenal and Liverpool were the favourites for that competition, and we threw it away. Man City of our favourites in the the three that we're left we're left with trying to win. Man City are in all three of them. It's, it's a joke, man. I'm sure Liverpool must be devastated that they they're still through. Didn't they want to chuck that competition? So they go and win the league. They must be yeah. absolutely heartbroken. Liverpool, they went through. It's just a shambles. Oh, I don't get yeah. it, man. Yeah, Liverpool are in all four competitions still. Yeah, they haven't got Champions League, but they've got Europa League. But I tell you what, they're probably going to go further in the Europa League than Arsenal do in the Champions League, and they're still in it. Let's still win the League Cup. It's just, I don't get any of it. It's mad. No, you, you, make, you make a point, and just to add, add on that before I finish up, you make the point, it's like, people said this, I, I, this is, I don't understand this, Dan. Obviously, we saw the draw on who got who. Ah, oh, but we would have got Liverpool. I'm like, who, uh, who cares? 
It's a quarter-final with a cup yeah, competition. The feet like, is that attitude for one. And two, just embarrassing. I like, just don't get it. it it's, to me, it's crazy. Like, I get it. We're out of the competition. Like, we've got less. We got one less game. But that's that's not the point. Like, if you've got your own fans talking like that, after we go out against you know, against a London rivals in, in a cup competition, which if you win, you get through to the quarterfinal. Oh, but we would have played Liverpool. That attitude has to change within the fan base. You cannot sit there as a fan and talk about standards and you're going to tweet that rubbish after we go out against West Ham. It doesn't correlate and make any sense. No, I think that's a, it's a, a really good point. It's an interesting perspective, um, Chris, because obviously, you know, Potts and Albert are clearly like, frustrated by the fact that their clubs and the managers almost kind of chucked it away. We had that same kind of mentality in our fan base, didn't we, in the building mm. to the Old Trafford, uh, the game at Old Trafford last night? Because like, I have to be honest, Potts, Albert, like, there was a lot of fans that were basically saying in the build-up to last night's game, because of our injuries and the situation that we're in, uh, you know, play the kids. Don't worry about it. Play the kids, all, all the rest of it. And it's and it's really interesting kind of how it's transpired because it's really clear, Chris, and I want to get your thoughts on this. It's clear, clear from a Newcastle perspective that Eddie Howe wanted this. He wanted to win that game and he put a team out that were properly motivated to get the points. But just what, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, do you know what? It's interesting, Pete, because I I, I was kind of part of that brigade who were, were saying, you know, we need to rest some players. Obviously, we've got a massive game against Arsenal at the weekends. Um, it's important It's important to us, I think, that we try and maintain this really good run of form that we're in in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and when I saw the lineup last night, I was thinking, oof, we're going we're gonna to be in for a tough night. And, you know, I know Man United rested quite a few players, but if you look across their, their 11, there was a lot of international pedigree there throughout the team. Um, and Man United, I mean, they're a separate entity. You know, you could talk you could talk all night about Man United. I'm sure we all could, but they're, they're in a, a completely different scenario to us. But I think what was pleasing from from my perspective, and I think I think we mentioned it last night, Pete, on the show after after the match, saying that, you know, Eddie Howe, you, you spot on, Eddie Howe wants to win this. He wanted to win the match last night. He wanted to progress. And he fully believed in the players that he put out and that that you know the decisions and the trust that he gave on that on that team to kind of go and you know perform and make sure that we get through to the next round was evidence and that's that's the trust he has in the players but also i think the fact of how he manages the squad as a whole um like i say i had my reservations when i saw the lineup i thought so oh, we're going to we're going to have a real real tough night tonight but you know the the lads did a fantastic job and i i i don't understand as well particularly newcastle fans you know ourselves we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't lifted a trophy for for a very 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 long time now um so anybody like not taking the Carabao cup seriously especially not remembering you know the fantastic final that we played in last season yeah. I, i'm i'm very surprised at how many people dismissed the Carabao cup and were like oh no we don't you know we don't we don't we need to concentrate on the league I want to concentrate on the league and I want to make sure that we try and finish as high as we possibly why can. Why can't you do both? This is why I don't get it, Chris. Exactly. Talk about it. No, Just exactly. do both. Like, you exactly. don't have to make wholesale changes. Make make changes if you want to. Go make yeah. three, four changes like Pep Guardiola normally does, yeah? Because people always tell me that Mikel Arteta is copying Pep. Well, he's doing a bad job at it because Pep's won it in the last five years out of six, I think, that yeah. competition. So make three or four changes by all means. You want to throw Ramsdale in there. You want to throw in Smith Rowe. You want to throw in, you know, um, Nelson or Trossard. By all means, do that. But don't go and just make nine or I think it was eight. Eight of those players are our reserves. 
of course we're not going to beat West Ham. They played a stronger side. They only had Mavroponos on the keeper, I think. Everyone else was their first teamers. So, of course, we ain't gonna, we're not going to win that one, you know. And, you know, like it makes me laugh because I'm a big fan of Eddie Howe. And, you know, I like, I like what Newcastle are doing. And I can't talk too kindly about you anymore because I get told that I'm a fan. So, <laughs> I, but when I look at it, we, I was told that we're in five, phase four of a five-year, of a five-phase thing. What phase is Eddie Howe in? Because... What I can see is taking Arteta four years to get Arsenal to the Champions League. It's taken Eddie Howe one. So what phase are Newcastle in? Do you know what I mean? And you ain't even got, and you haven't spent seven hundred million by the way, like we have. But we finally got into the Champions League after spending seven hundred million, and Newcastle after spending I don't know two hundred million, I've got into the Champions League in the first first thing, and they're still in the competitions. Like for me, I'm not saying that I'd rather be looking at where Newcastle are right now. But what I am saying is that Eddie Howe is actually one deserves a lot of credit. But also, how much Arteta's got had a bit of an easy ride, man. I'm sorry, he's had a bit of an easy ride and he's throwing away competitions. And I don't think if we, I think if we don't win something this year, I think there'll be question marks over where we're actually going with Mikel Arteta. Yeah. I really do. I, I think you've got to win something this year. I agree. I agree. I was going to say, and, and that was what I was going to get to next because uh, I think, Chris, you, you touched on it and then Dan, you've come back in as well. Was like, do you think this could potentially be? Um, Mikel Arteta's downfall, the way he's throwing these competitions away. Because look, you know, you guys, you guys have made a decent start to the season. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the screen so so people can see um, sort of the, the the league table as it as it stands right now. So you guys should be able to see that. Um, yeah. You guys are second in the league, so you're up there, two points behind Tottenham, same points as Man City. You know, uh, you, you're where you, you need to be, but. You guys want to be winning trophies. You want to be competing on on all levels. And with him throwing these competitions away, it happened last season, Potts. And you talked about it when you went out. I think it was to Sporting. Was it Sporting Lisbon? Yeah. In, in, yeah, it in was. Europa League. Brighton um, as well. Brighton and yeah. Carabao. Yep. And, and, and in Man yeah, was, in the FA Cup. So and it was all of, it was all about bigger frist to fry. We've already talked about it before. <laughs> and could that be his downfall? Is it he's actually throwing away opportunities where he could have won a trophy and could have given himself a little bit more kind of uh, rope to continue the job? Could there be massive pressure on this season, like from your perspective? A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. If we have a similar season to last season, people will say, Where's the progress? Now it's very difficult because when you come second. If you don't win the league, where's the progress? But actually, there's context to that. Manchester City are unbelievable. That mm. doesn't mean that you walk out and say, well, we're second will do. Because mm. when Manchester United under Sir Alex Ferguson were fighting with us, I never walked out in the, the years between 97 to 2004 and went, ah, well, I have to be second because look how good Man United are. They just want to treble. I actually went, right, we need to sort this summer out because Man United are the ones to try and get ahead of. And unfortunately, I haven't seen us do that. I've seen a lot of fans just go, well, it is Man City. Well, it is Man City. Those same fans weren't doing that in 99 when Man United won a treble. So why are we doing it now? It's crazy. The thing is about winning a trophy, and I don't know what Albert thinks about this, there's context, right? So if let's just say Arsenal comes second this year to Man City. They get to a Champions League final when they lose to Real Madrid. We get to an FA Cup final, we lose to Man City. I'm not going to sack Arteta because he's got us into pretty much the last stages of everything and been beaten by better teams because Man City and Real Madrid are better than Arsenal, in my opinion. Still, right? So I'm not going to sit there. But if we go out to West Ham like we did last night, we can't get past Leicester City in the FA Cup and we come third in the league because Liverpool pip us to second. I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to sit there and start. And we go out to, let's say, Porto in the Champions League. 
there's got to be question marks for where we're going and what the progress is because we've got Declan Rice in to get us to that next level. And we've also spent 700 million, which is more than Man City have now, by the way, in five years, which people forget about. So I've got to see something, man. He's got to deliver and win something with his team because it's fair enough saying, yeah, but he's won an FA Cup. Well, he won an FA Cup with a toxic Unai Emery side that everyone wanted sacked. And since he's got rid of that team and brought his own players in, he ain't won another. So you've got, to, you've got to actually raise the standards of the football club and appreciate that he's done a good job. We're going to find out this season, Pete, if he's a Brendan Rodgers or a Jurgen Klopp. That's what we're going to find out. Are you the nearly there man or can you get us across the line? And if you can't get us across the line, I'm going to ask if he can politely leave and resign and say, I try my best. I'm sure I'll get a job somewhere else. And we have to go and get somebody in with a CV of a Carlo Ancelotti to take us across the line, in my opinion, if that is the case. But I hope Mikel does it, man, of course. What do you think about that, Albert, then, uh, from what Potts has said with regards to, uh, to Arteta? Are you in the same boat as that? Or or do you think um, you know he needs a little bit more time Um to, to prove himself because it has been it's, it's been five years it's a long time yeah, um, Pete, not, not many managers stay that long the time in football is, is a rare commodity my friend yeah. <laughs> um i i was asked i think two seasons i think it had been two seasons ago um about Mikel arteta i was on arsenal channel i was asked could, could i see him winning a league title with arsenal um i said no um but obviously we had last season so some Arsenal fans have probably might have been pulled into a bit of a full sense of security because obviously we blew the we blew the, we blew the title. We did blow it. Um, whatever word you want to use, we did blow it, and it still pains us. You might not talk about it a lot, but I know Dan feels it. I feel it. A lot of Arsenal fans feel it because we ain't won a league for twenty years, and you get that, and you you get to a point in the season that we've got to last season, and you don't win it. I don't care how good City are. I, I, let me put it this way. As good as they are, I feel Arsenal lost the league rather than City winning it. That's just my own personal humble opinion. Because you get to that stage of the season and you don't win it and get over the line, you have thrown it away. Um, I think my issue, I, I think my issue personally, I look at it, I've said this before, is three seasons ago now, we missed out. We missed out on the Champions League. Um all lost at Tottenham. Obviously, you guys had a number on us at St. James's Park. Are the team going to learn from this? Okay, we get back in Champions League the following season, but actually, we go for a league title race. We fall short again. You can't have the same third. You can't have the same thing happen again for the third time. So there's a lot of pressure on. And then obviously, when you compound what happened yesterday, if we lost, if we lost against West Ham and it was as a humdinger and Arsenal play well. Arsenal fans can kind of probably forgive it a little bit. They'll be upset and disappointed we're going to have a cup competition yet again at an early stage. But we can accept that. But, you know, the final would have been, what, in February next year? It's still a long way to go in the season. You've still got a lot more football. So, yeah, that's one competition gone. So, as, as Dan knows and many Arsenal fans know, our European record heritage is not very good at a football club. We've won two major honours. Um, and again, I'm old enough to remember the last time we won, we won when we won one in '94. That's a long time ago. Um, even Arsenal Wenger couldn't get a league cup and, and, and an European trophy over the line. And we know how good we know how much he was revered. So, listen, I, I get the, the whole thing of Arteta's first job. I always said there's going to be a point and a time when it comes to when people say, "No, we can't use that anymore." Um, 
one thing with Mikel Arteta is his stubbornness is something I've never seen before in a manager. Whether it's his first job or his twenty or his twenty seventh job, um, that could come home to roost because he, he, again, you look at maybe, for example, the Havertz situation. Um, it's talked about week in week out. I look at it and I, and I say to myself as a as an Arsenal fan. There's got to be a sample size when you look at a player and say, Pete, we've played 10 Premier League games, right? Three Champions League games, two Cup games, two League Cup games. And even mm. Arsenal, even fans that are not Arsenal fans look at it thinking, I, I, I can't understand why you've brought this guy to the club. I mean, and I watched and I watched him, I've watched him closely in terms of habits. And forget the money. I, I'm looking at you as a footballer and what impact you make on the game. Yeah. And it's and it's the bare minimum. I mean, A to B passes, and you know, you poor touching the final third, and there's there's massive, massive pressure, man. And yes, they didn't help. Um, unless listen, unless he goes and wins the Champions League, um, again a cup competition, or you go close in the Premier League, um, major questions will be asked. But I think the problem you got is you've got our owners are unique in the sense that they think he's doing a good job. He's not doing a bad job. Um, there's only so many trophies you can win, Pete, at the start of the season. Um, but at least give yourself a chance to try and win one. Um, yesterday's we've gone out of the cup competition. And listen, we're only in the beginning of November now, but um, I'll be keeping a close eye in terms of the fringe players. Um, the, the main players that did well last season, your early guards, your Sackers, your Martinelli's. Um, but again, you look at our style of football. Um, away from home, the clean sheets have been very good. Like I said, I mentioned to you before the, um, the start of the stream, our away record in the Premier League going back to last season is, is very, very good. But if you look at our style of football at the moment, it's just not clicking. Um, and he's got to sort that out ASAP. Uh, Albert, Go for it. Sorry, sorry to jump in, Albert. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit. I know you touched on Havertz. I wanted to ask you a question. And I've obviously I've watched you know Potts and Twelfth Man and you know with Pete and yourself I've I've, I've seen conversations take place on the Twelfth Man about habits and I, I wanted to take the opportunity to ask Do you think that there was a little bit of arrogance from Mikel Arteta in in paying all that money and signing Kai Havertz because I I I I believe there is a player in there with Kai Havertz like you know you don't you don't do what you've done in football and. You don't do what you've done in football and not be a half decent player. Like I, I, I believe Kai Havertz is a good player. My, my problem with Kai Havertz is, I feel like since football's kind of evolved, hasn't it? You know, we we see now teams very rarely play four four two. Teams now very rarely play with a you know an attacking midfielder, a central attacking midfielder like a number ten. And Kai Havertz kind of feels like the player who's lost. Like he's not a winger, he's not a central midfielder, he's not a striker, but. I, I was baffled by Arteta signing Kai Havertz, but I was also intrigued at the start because I thought, oh, has Arteta like spotted, you know, spotted something in him and thought, oh, he can do this job for me or, you know, he can do something special. And the reason I ask if it was arrogance is because I see him putting him in central midfield and it, it's clearly not working. Well, again, you boys tell me if I'm wrong here, but whenever I see Kai Havertz, I just think he looks like a, a, an attacking midfielder or a number 10 who's been put in the centre of midfield and he can't perform the ball. But then I'm thinking, you've spent that much money on him. Mm. Is it, will will questions be asked by the board as to why he signed Kai Havertz? 
Or do, do you think that he's, you know, he's going to come good? Or do you think you're going to have to end up selling them on? Um, I was when when the links came, I I, I wasn't uh, to say I wasn't pleased would be an understatement. I just I just didn't get it. Um, I didn't get it at all. Now, people, Arsenal fans will say, "Oh yeah, but you know we've had great footballers at our club that you know they came and they struggled." Yes, you can talk about your your your, your Dennis Burkamps and your Robert Pires. The difference with those guys is they came from different leagues. With with Havertz, he's already been in the Premier League for a good three. He's been in the Premier League for three years. The problem is is you can't to me you can't blame one of the players one of the wide players because he's not quick enough you wouldn't necessarily play him in the 10 role because you've got probably a better player than Martin Odegaard that could probably do that and yeah. you can't play him in the central areas because you got Rice and you got Thomas Party there so look we played in the community shield and he played him as um the main guy up top and I and I said this before I said this a few weeks ago when we played Everton away um if you're gonna play him because our transition of play from last season to this season is completely changed. And I get it, Mikel Arteta wants to keep more possession of the ball and, and not give it away too easily. I understand that. But it's to be honest, it's not working anyway. But um, with, with Havertz, to me, either you play him down the middle or he doesn't play. It's that simple for me. Because the thing is, he's not going to start ahead of Jesus unless he's injured. And he's not going to start ahead of Eddie because Mikel Arteta loves him. So... It's a lot of money to spend on a guy who's going to be a bit part player or to use as a plan B. That That's not joined up thinking for me. So I get what you're saying about the arrogance. It's what What is it does he feel he's going to do with him mm. to make him a better player at Arsenal? Um, and at the moment, if I mean, it's, it's, it's flat to deceive, to be honest with you, from what I've seen from Kai Havertz. But listen, I, as an Arsenal fan, I hope it does get better. Um, but... I can understand if he was on a run of games where he scored six in ten, because goals elevate your game. Yeah, but he's only scored. I think he's only got the penalty um, again away at Bournemouth, and that was handed to him. To be fair, yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I, I always I said this before. I finish up before you ask Potsy. Um, I just think this signing of Havertz is. I think he could be Arteta's death warrant personally. Watch, I know your opinion on on Kai Havertz. You've talked about it many, many a time. I don't really understand how people can still be sticking up for this, man. I don't understand what they're waiting for. Like, the guy sucks. I think it's clear to see. Like, he's been at Chelsea for three years. Now he's come here and done pretty much another. And people are saying, I'll give it time. What? Like, 65 million on this guy. We could have had Madison, Soboslai, Musa Diaby. Come on, man. It's, it's poor. And I look at it and... You know, people, I think someone in the chat said, do you want Kai Havertz or Joe Willock? I'd bring I'd rather have Joe Wiley, let alone Joe Willock. He, honestly, he's so poor. He's unbelievable, this Kai Havertz guy. I just can't. And like, like Chris has said, he's not a midfielder. I mean, let's be real. He is not a midfielder. He is not. I don't know what he is, actually. He hasn't no. got a position. He hasn't got a position. He didn't have one at Chelsea and he hasn't got one at, at Arsenal. And like, you know, Chris has said, this, the arrogance is just stupidity. It's not arrogance. It's just stupidity. You know, he's come in and said, right, I can try and do something with him. This isn't about trying to experiment. We've got to win a league now. This isn't an experiment. Yeah. He's done enough of that for four years, man. This is about, I'm going to bring Kai Havertz in because he fits in that perfect slot and he's going to score goals. And that ain't happened. So, you know, it's poor, man. Just just to add to that quickly, just last thing on Havertz. Yeah. And I, and I said this, uh, I've had a few like disagreements with Arsenal fans. I said to him, look, and, I'll, and I, will continue to say, I will continue to say it unless I see this guy banging 8 in 10 or 6 in 10, whatever. I, I said, uh, this is me saying this now. 
I'm not sure that I, 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 what I would say is, I don't think I wouldn't, I would say to Arsenal fans, don't get your hopes up in the sense that I'm not sure if you're going to see that bigger improvement from him. I don't think you will because one, he's got a star and that's not going to happen. He's not, in, he's not in Arsenal's best 11. He's not facts. And that's what I say to Arsenal fans. That's the, my general question to you about, you say, give it time. He's got to adjust to being in, 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 in a better cycle. He's at Chelsea's in disarray. I'm like, do you feel in honestly, it's going to get better with this guy? Cause I've seen like-minded Arsenal fans who are not irrational. I looking at this and thinking, you know what? I'm not sure about this anymore. And that's the word, best way I'll sum it up. Yeah. The car habits conundrum <laughs> continues. But this, this conversation won't end. Uh, it will continue no. for the season, that's for sure. But look, so many questions in the chat. Thank you so many uh, for all those questions. And we will get them to, to Potts and, and Albert very soon. If you haven't already, click the likes uh, and come and subscribe to the channel on the way to 7K, uh, moving um, in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, give us a... Uh, give us a sub uh, and of course uh, Chris on the button uh, <laughs> thanks for watching I, I just wanted to stick with the with the Joe Willett conversation because obviously he left you guys to come to us just before the takeovers happened you know how looking from afar now with him being so far far north um what what have you what have you guys made of, of Joe Willock and how he's developed at Newcastle United he's he's become a really important player, not just for Eddie Howe, but for the team and the way in which we play. You know, could you boys, did you boys kind of envisage this kind of development in, in Joe Willock to the point now where he's genuinely, certainly in the Newcastle circles, genuinely being talked about as a guy that should be called up for England at some point once he gets back to fitness and playing the football he played last season that got us, helped us to get to the Champions League. What, what do you boys make of, make of Joe Willock? Um, at this moment in time, Bob Potts. Yeah, man, I like him. I always did like him. Um, I will be honest, I didn't think that he was ever going to make it in an Arsenal shirt at the time. Um, he wasn't fancied. And we replaced him with Erdegaard money. So I can't really say out of the two, I'd obviously prefer Erdegaard. So we got rid of Joe Willock. And with that money, we, we put it towards Martin Erdegaard. Um, I think he's a class player. And I think he's a box-to-box -box player. I think he can, he's got legs. And I think you missed legs mm. when he's not there. I think you missed Willock, sorry, his legs when, he, when, you, when he's not in the team. Um, I always thought he had potential. I just never really saw him making it as an Arsenal player. And I think that because we don't have a box-to-box -box midfielder now, we literally got Rice and he's the only one and he's been playing six most of it. I think we actually would could do with somebody like Joe Willock right now. But that's because we're so bad right now. That's not going to take us to a league title, Joe Willock. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like, oh, we should have kept hold of him. He'd be playing now for Arsenal. I don't think he would. I still think he, he he needed to go. And I think Newcastle was a good move for him. And I think he went through the first sort of spell with you guys, scoring literally every wow, game, yeah. didn't he? So he's been really good for you. He's been important for you. I actually likened him to a little bit of an Abu Dhabi when he first came to Arsenal. I could see some of the uh, straight, and that's a compliment, by the way, because people laugh at Dhabi because of his injuries, but he was a top player, like top, top player. If he would have stayed fit, I mean, we had a, a special talent around there. Um, in terms of how he plays, his box-to-box -box style, I, I could see something similar in some of his attributes there, but um, I think he'll go on to do well. I don't know if it's a position that England will be crying out for, if I'm honest. 
might be wrong when they've got the names in there that they have. Um, it might just be a little bit of a bad generation for him to try and get into the England setup. You know, when you've got Bellingham's and Rice, you've obviously yeah. got Madison's and Gallagher's and Foden's. It's going to be difficult for him to get into the mix there. But um, that doesn't mean if you don't play for England, you're not a top talent. And I think he is one. And I think he's been great for Newcastle. I really do. Just before you come in, Albert, I apologise. Sorry, Rich. I didn't realise that your question had been starred. It is officially Rich's question because he's not happy about the fact that I took it. But yeah, uh, thoughts on let me go. Okay, I'll come to you with this, Albert. On top of your points, like Richard just said, should he be getting in the England squad, in your opinion? Oh, you know what? This I, I think this generation of England players, it's, it's hard for guys to come in, man. Um like certain players, so I'm not too sure. Unless there's injuries, Pete, possibly there might there might be a chance. But um, England are quite loaded in that area, man. So um, I'm not too sure. But in terms of when he was at Arsenal, I, I'll be honest, I, and I did say this. I said um, I didn't see a future of him at Arsenal. So Arsenal should take the money and run. You know, Arsenal fans were all, oh, we got to get 40 million for him. I said we're not going to get 40 million for Joe Willock. We're absolutely not. And I think. The money, I think, was it 20, 25 million, was it, he went to Newcastle for? I think 25, yeah, was it? Yeah, he was um, 20, rising to 25, yeah. something like yeah, that. But yeah, yeah. It installments. It's literally like five million installments, of it, is it every year or every window, yeah. something like that. Mm. Uh, so we're, we're probably about paid up now, I imagine. Yeah, but yeah, he showed flashes at Arsenal, I thought, where he could have, should have got a bit more game time. But it was it was pretty clear to me he wasn't going to get the game time he wanted. Um, so, it was, and it, like I said, he did, he did an amazing first spot at Newcastle on loan, where he was scoring goals for fun um he says he's been out for four months yeah he he got injured. um what was the game was it was it brighton or was it leicester or one of the two right before the end of last season he got he got a really bad hamstring injury yeah just before the end of the season i think it might be the less was it the leicester game i, I can't remember so the Brighton or leicester because one of the home games I think it was Leicester. then we, we literally we hadn't seen him until he came off the bench against wolves like yeah. that, that was it. That was his first, and that was last Saturday. We've not seen him yeah. since. Uh, so yeah. for May time, no preseason, no nothing. That guy, and Chris, you'll vouch for this, and everyone in the chat will vouch for this. That guy last night looked like he'd had a full preseason. That guy mm. looked like he played every minute of the game this season. He looked phenomenal. Like he must be. He's a bit like he. He kind of looks and reminds me a little bit like Kieran Dyer because Kieran Dyer was naturally fit. Kieran Dyer had like literally cheese strings for hamstrings. Like they would just go like, every five seconds, and he'd be out for six months, and he'd come back. And in his first game, he'd look like Willick did last night. Yeah. The old chap yeah. like he's that good, and it's it's crazy to to, to think really, but. I'm sorry, no, but carry yeah. on. No, that's all right. No, because what he what he does do, he covers ground, man. And what one thing I'm surprised to be complaining about is our lack of fluidity and our, our our transition of play, which is, in my opinion, too slow. Um, he would quicken it up because, like like Dan said, he's he's box to box and he's got has got an eye for a goal as well, man. So we don't really have. To, yes, Rice has come to the club. Rice can do that and break forward, but um, yeah, we we don't have that really. Um, in terms of what Joe Willock has got to offer in, in terms of that. But in terms of the England thing, um, I think they would have to, he, he would have to play a blinder. And on top of that, you'd have to have a, probably a few injuries in England set up. Um, but yeah, the, his, type of, his type of speed and, and ability to get across the ground, we don't really have that at Arsenal, to be honest with you. Yeah. Chris, I'm going to come to you with Joe Willock. Um, 
we've missed him, haven't we? Mm. We, we? We've missed him. Um, I'm going to ask you the question. Uh, is, is he... Um, is he the replacement for Tenali? And are we not going to miss Tenali because we've got someone like Joe Willett providing he stays fit in this team? And then secondly, do you think he can break into the England squad? Um, I think... I think any team would miss Sandro Tenali, to be fair. I think uh, I think Joe Willick provides us as an alternative. I think he's a good replacement. Um, it's, it's his energy. I think Pot said it before. You know, he, he's got legs and he, he covers a lot of ground. And Pete, we, we've said on numerous shows, haven't we, when, when Joe Willick's not on the team, we've said a few times after the performance, if only we had Joe Willick, you know, covering that ground and pushing us further up the pitch, which is what he does. Fantastic in possession. And he just drives the team forward. So having Joe Willick back, um, to use to use an old phrase is like having a new sign, um, because we've been without him for so long. So him coming into the team and performing the way he did yesterday was great for us to see, and it certainly gives us a little bit more confidence going into the game at the weekend against Arsenal. In terms of the England squad, um, I can kind of see, um, I can kind of see what Albert and uh, what Albert was saying, you know, about not sure whether, um, he's quite at that level. For me, if I was the England manager, I'd want someone like Joe Willock in the team, not necessarily to start. But he's the kind of impact player that you'd want. You want someone off the bench who's full of energy, won't stop running, uh, and can just offer something a little bit different. And I think somebody just said in the comments there, you know, the likes of Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips and uh, Conor Gallagher. I'd take Joe Willock over all three of those. Um, but it's whether or not, you know, that uh, Gareth Southgate would drop one of those to bring Joe Willock in. We've had a similar conversation, haven't we, Pete, about Sean Longstaff? Exactly the same. Um, you know, he, he's well. We're, we're we're hoping that he's knocking on the door um, for for an England start. But and if he carries on playing the way he is, I'm sure Gareth Southgate will be taking a closer look at him as well as Joe Willock. But it's just nice, isn't it, to have players who are performing at that at that level where they're coming into the conversation. In the past at Newcastle, we've not had really had that. We've got the Brazil manager now coming over to come and watch Bruno and Joe Linton. We've got Southgate coming to watch Trippier, Pope, Willock. Longstaff, Wilson. Um, it's it's nice that we're having players who are be starting to be, you know, recognized as potential internationals. Um, so it and that's only going to be good for us as a club. But I I think Willett could get in a squad. Um, I doubt he'd start. Um, and again, somebody else said in the chat, he'd be he'd be a good understudy for someone like Jude Bellingham. You know, if you're wanting to protect a Jude Bellingham, why not bring on a Joe Willock to kind of give you that all energy? Um, you know, to see out a game or potentially try and grab an equaliser or something against the opposition. If you've got someone late in the game to, to be able to carry the ball 40 yards up the pitch for England and get the ball up the other end and be able to try and make something happen, and then a bit like what he did for his goal at Old Trafford, he picked up the ball from Joe Willington winning the ball, that run of 20, 30 yards before smashing it into the bottom corner, that's what Joe Willett can do. And I, I agree, that he, he's not going to start for England. Certainly not yet. He's going to have to hit another level or two before he gets to there. But as an option off the bench, there is no, for me, there is no better option when you've got Henderson, like you said, Phillips and one or two others that are getting into the England squad. Um, uh, for me, he, he, he is he is a fantastic option. And I think where he's only going to get better, in, in my opinion. Um, I just want to get some thoughts really quickly before we kind of move this on. Um, from a from a Newcastle perspective, and I'm gonna ask the Arsenal boys this, from a Newcastle perspective, where do where do you see us 
kind of ending up this season? From what you've observed this season, from what you've seen, from what you kind of like from our performances, where do you see us kind of ending up at the, at the end of the season? Where where do you think would be a really good season for us? Um, in your opinion, uh, because obviously we we, all, we from a Newcastle perspective, we we can talk about it all day and where we're going to be, but. It's always good to get the opposition's view of where Newcastle can be, and you know where Eddie Howe can take us over the over the course of uh, of this next season. Um, well, you know what I think. Um, I think you'll get Champions League football this year again. <laughs> I do. I think I think you'll be fine. I don't see any teams around that you should be going. Oh, no chance! They're going to finish above us. I think that Newcastle. I can I can safely say that I think Newcastle will will probably finish below Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City. But I wouldn't want to say that you'd finish below many more. Um, yeah. Tottenham are the ones at the moment that everyone looks to be chasing and looking up at. But I really don't see that lasting in terms of a title challenge. But I think that they're probably going to be in and around the Champions League spots, if not comfortably in them. Though if they continue to play like this, what is happening there? Pete's getting birthday balloons and everything. Here. I, I don't, um, I'm not even doing anything. I don't. Someone's doing something. Like <laughs> apparently, if I do like, so, would it work now? So, no. I don't know what's happening there. It's quite clever. When I, when I do sort of movements like um. it, it, does it, it like, brings it up. But now it's just doing it. I'm not even doing anything. I have no it's idea. Sorry. Funny. It's, it's for your birthday pots. That's what it is. Ah, uh, yeah, man. There we go. Well, t- tomorrow's my birthday, so you can fl- fling them up here if you want. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, I I think you will be fine for Champions League. You know, I tipped you fourth. Um, I wouldn't put you any lower than fifth now. Tottenham might sneak that fourth if they got one game a week and they've got the squad that they've got without injuries. But I still fancy Newcastle. Listen, Newcastle have proven that they can have injuries and still win games. That's what's really important for me. And and I think that people were looking at Newcastle going. Champions League, they ain't got the squad. Actually, you have. If you look at it now, you've actually brought your squad players in and they've done well. You know, you look at players you've just mentioned, like Sean Longstaff, no one had him as a, your, he's going to get your Champions League. Um, Joe Willock, you've mentioned, obviously Lascelles, if Botman's been out for a while, I think he's been coming in and doing a job. I think Livramento proved last night how good he could be. I think likewise, Lewis Hall's got onto the score sheet now and is starting to play well. Um, up top, I know Isak, you know I love Isak, Pete. He has got injury problems, I get that. Um, but you've got Callum Wilson as well. So you can cover pretty much every position, and I think that's what's really key. Yeah, you need more, uh, for sure. Like, I don't look at Newcastle and think just stick with this squad of players and you'll go and win a title. Of course you need to keep building. But for where you are right now and what the other teams around you, which I think is more important, are doing, I think Newcastle will get Champions League. And I'd, I'd even go as far to say this, Villa and Brighton, are more of a threat to you right now, Champions League sport wise, than Man United and Chelsea. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Albert, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with Potts? Oh, I think you're on mute. Yeah, there you go. Amateur mistake, as always. That's all right. Sorry, much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I looked at obviously Villa had an amazing run into the run of last season, and um, you guys were excellent last season as well. I think you should have got third. I don't know United finished above you personally, but um, as far as a fluke. But um, I think Villa and Newcastle would be interested. I think did I have, did I have Newcastle in my top four? You better I'd have, have. I'd, I'd have to re. I'd have to revisit. You know what? I think I was asked a question before the start of the transfer window, so that's, that probably wasn't fair. But um, Chelsea, like Potsy mentioned, I don't think Chelsea—they're all over the place. So I, I, I don't know about them, but. Um, I think you've got a brilliant chance. I wasn't too sure, I'll be honest, obviously, with having Champions League. Um, 
and I'd even say the same thing about Arsenal being back in the Champions League. But um, I kind of backed you in your home games in Champions League, to be fair. And um, obviously, you got a defeat last game, but against PSG, I was like, wow, if, if Newcastle can channel that type of performance. <laughs> Throughout the season, you're going to win a lot more games and lose games. I'll tell you that. That was that was, that was unbelievable um, as a one-off. Um, but you've bought smartly, man. Like Livermento, I mentioned last time we were trying to think. He's really, good, really, really clever buy. He's, you know, he showed a lot of promise at Southampton, and you got him. I don't know how much you paid for him. I know. I think Harvey Barnes is injured at the moment as well. Yeah, so yeah, Harvey Barnes is injured at the moment as well, is he? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you got some. You got some good players, man. Um, I don't watch you week in week out, but Particularly when you're at home, um, you give anybody a game. That's whether that's domestically or in Europe. You've shown that already at this early part of the season. Um, you've got an amazing manager, as, as I mentioned, who I think will get an England manager job one day. Don't know when, but I'm not trying to scare you guys or anything. But I do think it'll happen. Um, but yeah, um, I think yourselves and Villa, um, you, you're gonna upset, you're gonna upset the status quo, man. Um, Liverpool, I think, will be in there, but I, I do, I do think Tottenham will fall off personally. Or I hope they do it because I wanted, to, you know, my YouTube Tottenham wife. She's getting a bit too carried away with herself, but, um, <laughs> but no. Um, you, listen, you, you boys, are, you had a bit of a iffy start to the season, start of the season, but it happens. You got you play Liverpool away. I mean, you play Liverpool at home. You got Manchester, Manchester City away. They're not, they're not gimme games. You know what I mean? But you turned it around. You're on a good run of form. I think us, I think Arsenal, Villa use and Tottenham like mini form the best in the league like we've got a defeat in the last five games I think it is so yeah. th there's something in that but um yeah you boy you should be confident with some of the guys I know you've got a lot of injuries but you should be confident with the guys that have uh, from last season they performed to what you got this season with the guys you've added in obviously hopefully you'll get Ezat back um soon enough but um yeah listen you guys are in a good place man really really good place Chris, I'm going to ask you for your uh, points before we um, move on to looking at lineups and, and looking at the game. Um, where do you think Arsenal are going to uh, going to fit in all this? Obviously, Liverpool are on the rise. A lot of people talk about Liverpool as being that team to kind of compete with with, with Man City. But do you, do you see that they're currently second in the league? Do you, do you see them being being where they were this time last year, kind of, and at the end of the season? up there within the top two? I, I think, I still believe that Arsenal are the main team to challenge City this season. Um, and you, you've mentioned this a few times, Pete, when, when on the 12th man show that, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal is second in the league and they've not been playing the best football. Um, sooner or later that will click. Let's hope it doesn't click at the weekends. Um, but, yeah, like I, I fully expect Arsenal to, to kind of really hit some form and get in their groove. And as soon as they do, um, we know that you know they can go on an absolutely fantastic run. Um, I agree with where with what Albert was saying, and that Tottenham. I, I do think Tottenham will drop off. I think all it takes with Tottenham a fantastic start, but I, I do feel like they're a little bit toothless in terms of if they lose one or two key players. I think you'll really see them struggle. You know, the likes of Son, the likes of Madison, defensively um, as well, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they they've stumbled stumbled across a, a good fullback in a doggy. Um, you know, he's he's kind of come in and he's he's hit the ground running. But again, you you're right, Albert. All it takes is one or two injuries, the odd suspension here or there, and I don't think they've got the depth. Um, Pot said earlier on, and you know, I've I've been saying this to you, haven't I, Pete? I, I struggled to see, I struggled to see four teams better than Newcastle 
this season and at the at the start of the season i i i panicked a bit and i was thinking oh you know are we gonna are we gonna struggle to manage the champions league the other cup competitions um so for me i i agree you know i, I think newcastle have got a great chance of getting top four and it looks like it could well be the uh, top five which hopefully it is but yeah i think i think newcastle will end up being fourth or fifth and i think arsenal will be the main challengers to city and i i, I still I don't know whether this will shock Albert and Potts, but I still wouldn't rule Arsenal out from a serious title challenge because I think they've got the players capable of being able to do that. And City haven't looked as dominant as what they did last season. Um, they, they can definitely be got at. And all it takes again is, you know, we saw what happened to City when Rodgy was out. They went on that horrible little one. Um, so if they lose a couple of key players, or they, you know, there's a loss of form for a, a variety of players, I think Arsenal could capitalise. So, yeah, for me, I, I still believe Arsenal are going to be the main challengers to City for the title. Interesting. Interesting. We'll see how it, it goes on. I, I, I do I, I do think Arsenal will be up there. I maintain it. I, I get absolute shit from Lawless and LB for for apparently loving off Arsenal. We're, we're kind of the opposite parts, aren't we? Like, you, you <laughs> get shit for loving off Newcastle. I get shit for loving off Arsenal. But I genuinely... They're jealous it. of it, man. Honestly, for years. <laughs> absolute years. And we did it. Newcastle did it. Even with Shearer. It was like, you bully Arsenal, you win the game. Like, they never had that, like, they never had that strong, that metal about them. And if you could bully them, you'd win a game. But at the moment, you guys are digging in deep. You're kind of grinding out results. You're not playing well, and you guys are frustrated, rightly so, from a, from an Arsenal fan point of view, that you're not playing that fluent quality football that you're used to. But you're still second in the league, yeah. a couple of points behind Tottenham after yeah. ten games. More um, same points as, as Man City, but you're above them. Like if you'd have if you'd have been asked that at the beginning of the season after ten games, surely you'd have, you'd, you'd have taken it. Surely. Yeah, I mean, listen, it has been different this year in terms of the football. It has mm. been. We haven't been as electric. We haven't been as fluid. There's definitely been a change. It's no coincidence that Saliba, Gabriel and Rice have been our three best players. Well, if you wind back a year, it was Saka and Martinelli and Odegaard and Jesus that were our best players. So we definitely have been a lot more um, resolute, been a bit more consolidation. I think I don't mind playing that style of football if I'm convinced that that is actually his style and that he can win that way. So, for example, if you're going to... People complain all the time. I don't want Jose Mourinho or Ancelotti or Simeone. It'll be poor football. It'll be one nils, two ones. That's what we're doing at the moment. That's what we're doing at the moment. We're playing that way. So, what way is it? What do you want? And... I grew up on that football, Pete. Yeah, I grew up on that, lads. I grew up on George Graham football. You were 1-0 to the Arsenal, 2-1s, 1-0 to the Arsenal. And it won us stuff. My problem with Mikel Arteta's style is changing all the time. I'm seeing too much experimenting in the last couple of years that we finally get something we think that works. And he decides that it wasn't Saliba's injury that lost us the league. It was that everyone was knackered and we played this electric football and no one could carry it on doing it. So now we've got to start slow. We've got to be harder to beat. We've got to be more defensive-minded. Let's be real, we're still conceding goals. We haven't exactly been amazing. We've actually, like, playing this game, we, I don't think we conceded from a set piece for almost a year playing that way. And now, I mean, we've conceded three goals in two games from set pieces, I think it is. So there, it's not like we're, we're solid as a rock defensively. Um, but you're right, we haven't really played that well and we ain't lost in the league yet. So you can't sit there and cry about it. Um, and when it does go well, like I'm hoping it does, 
um, then maybe we can we can surprise. But I think we're all hoping that rather than believing that at the moment, I would say, as a fan base. I think that's, uh, from an Arsenal point of view, definitely, um, I think that's fair. Right, let's get into the game. Let's look at the game um, um, really quickly in, in a little bit of detail. But of course, um, as we do on this show on away days, predictions, um, we, we need some stats. And we're still we're still in the we're still in the Halloween theme, aren't we? We're, yeah, we're, we're still just about just about darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> He, right, he appears. Double uh, O Stato. Um, Keith, how are you doing, fellow? Dr. Doom, as some people call you, because you sit on the fence or give the opposition uh, the, 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 the more favourable prediction. But you've been on the button recently. Let's see what you come up with tonight. But how's things and what stats you got for us this week? Well, happy Halloween to all of you on the panel, by the way. I hope we all had a good one. But, yeah. uh, yeah, um, well, I'm four unbeaten in league predictions, aren't I? And recently, <laughs> I've had two correct scores in a row before the international break, and I've still got the, I've got the results correct. So, um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, and uh, maybe that'll continue this weekend. Uh, so, you want some stats, yeah? Go for it. Do it, Keith. Yeah. Do it. Head head stats. Um, a few stats on managers coming up, um, some on the players for both teams and some general stats to round. Quite a few stats tonight because Newcastle and Arsenal have played each other quite a few times in the Premier League. Um, so Newcastle's all-time record in the Premier League against Arsenal, 56 games, won 11, drawn 11, lost 34. So quite a big advantage to Arsenal there. Newcastle have lost... 19 out of the last 21 competitive game meetings with Arsenal. Uh, the last um, away win against Arsenal uh, was 1-0 win back at the Emirates as well. So it's been a long time away and uh, we had that 2-0 win which was caught on Amazon Prime in the Arsenal. Uh, All or Nothing documentary was the last uh, win at home a couple of seasons ago. I should have said strap in because this is going to be a bumpy load of stats here uh, weighted towards Arsenal um, the fixture produced a lot of goals 134 and uh, 5 in the Premier League 92 for Arsenal 43 for Newcastle uh, Newcastle uh, Arsenal have got the better record defensively as well 30 clean sheets compared to Newcastle's 13 Arsenal have scored in the last 19 of the last 21 Premier League games against Newcastle um, Arsenal have also won 11 of the last 
12 home games um, against Newcastle in all competition as well. So they've got a great record at the Emirates. Um, but to be honest as well, um, Arsenal have made uh, St. James is like a second home in the last uh, 15 years or so. Um, <clears throat> Um, last season, Arsenal also set a Premier League record as well of 30 clean sheets against an opponent or one opponent, breaking the previous record, which was um, held by Man United against Tottenham. They had 29. Um, 30 clean sheets as well as the most they've had held against any Premier League side. Um, moving on to the managers. Um, don't worry, I, I will pick it up. I will balance it out with some positive Newcastle stats. Um, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the head-to-head -head that we've got the problem there with Arsenal. Um, managers, um, Mikel Arteta's records um, in games against Newcastle, managed eight, won six, drawn one, and lost one. Um, Eddie Howe's record as manager in games against Arsenal. He's managed 15 games, one, two, drawn three, and lost ten. Um, players, Eddie Nketia. Um, he, he was the first Arsenal player to score a Premier League hat-trick um, since Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, did against Leeds back in February 2021. He's also the first English player to do so since Theo Walcott uh, did against West Ham in May 2015. And Katia as well could make his 100th Premier League game um, against Newcastle. And he would also, this would make him the 66th Arsenal player um, to get 100 uh, Premier League games for Arsenal. Um, some stats about Callum Wilson again, just an extension of what uh, stats I gave on Wilson last week. He scored his 44th and 45th Premier League goals for Newcastle, and that's took him ahead of Andy Cole and Shul Ramiobi as the third highest Premier League goal scorer for Newcastle in the competition. And uh, Callum Wilson as well, also highly proficient on um, penalties as well. He scored 16 of 17 Premier League penalties, so that gives him a, a percentage of 94% of all players to take at least 15 Premier League um, penalties. Only Matt Letizia and Danny Murphy have got a higher penalty rate conversion than uh, Callum Wilson. So brilliant on the penalties for Newcastle and also Bournemouth previously. The goalkeepers, Nick Pope, has five clean sheets this season. David Rea, he's kept four clean sheets and Aaron Ramsdale has kept a clean sheet in the combined 10 games that they've played so far in the Premier League. Nick Pope has also managed to get four clean sheets in 10 games he's previously played against Arsenal. So he's got a fairish record against Arsenal. General stats to round off. Arsenal are unbeaten after 10 games of a Premier League season for the first time since 2007-2008. They've also only had uh, more than their 24 points, which is what they've currently got after 10 games on four occasions. One of them was the season just after the Invincibles, 2004-2005, where they had 25, 2007-2008, they had 26. They also had the same amount in 2013-14 and last season as well. Um, 
Takiro um, Tomiyasu became the first Asian player as well to score Premier League game for Arsenal as well in the game last week for Sheffield United. Um, Newcastle have won one, only one of their past 10 Premier League games against Arsenal, and they've also not scored in eight of those 10 games in that run. Um, just rounding off some positive stats for Newcastle. Um, they they're currently the joint highest goal scorers in the Premier League this season with 26 goals. Um, and Newcastle have um, also the best shot conversion rate as well with 18.6%. And that's second highest expected goals this season as well with 22.1%. And Newcastle are unbeaten in their last six league games. They've scored at least two goals in the last five games. And they last scored two or more goals in six games um in games um in a run that was um between august and october 2004 which i think was the back end of the um bobby robson era and the start of the graham soonest era that is the end of the stats for tonight i told you it would get better and i told you i'd round i'd balance it with some positive newcastle stats Great stats as always, Keith. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And well rounded as well, like you said, um, some Arsenal and Newcastle stats. Um, look, we're gonna get into the game, and of course, uh, as we always do on away days, um, we're gonna look at the tactics board. So, um, really quickly, uh, we've got the squad in front of us, the Arsenal squad, the Newcastle squad. I want you to choose what you think your 11 is going to be. And then, Albert, I'm going to get you to critique that and maybe see if you would change anything or or you agree with, with Potts. So we've got the whole squad across the bottom line. Um, let us know who you think, starting with the goalkeeper. Um, you tell us the formation. You tell us how we'll set up. And then Chris will do the same with yourself. And Keith, you'll get to critique Chris on his lineup. So take us through it, Potts. What, what are you thinking? Well, it's going to be Raya in goal. I think he's made it quite clear now that David Raya is the number one. And after Aaron Ramsdale's performance last night, he's definitely not done himself any favours yeah. to get back in. So uh, David Raya is the number one and David Raya will play. Uh, the right back will be Ben White. Um, we're definitely going to play Ben White there. The two centre-half pairings will be Saliba as the right centre-back and Gabriel as the left centre-back. And then I have a flip of a coin because Whoa. I would play Tommy Asu. I would play Tommy Asu. Zinchenko has been so, so poor. Um, and I think he will. Um, Zinchenko started last night, come off. Tommy Asu come on. And he has been playing Tommy. So I think Tommy Asu will start this one. And I think he should, because for me, he's defensively a lot better. So I think this will be tough. So I'm, I'll go with Tommy Asu here. I'm not going to lie, Pops, Albert. I was at the game with St. James's Park last season when you guys won 2-0 and um, your only weak link in that team was Zinchenko. Yeah, The only joy we got in any part of your team throughout that game was down his side. That if he's on the ball, Pete, it's fine. When he's off the ball, he just has no <laughs> discipline and he's always in the middle or right wing. The other day we got booked against Chelsea. He was right wing. I thought, what the hell are you doing over there? So, yeah, I, I don't know. This guy is, this inverted guy, he's been really poor this year. I think Albert mentioned it earlier. He's been really poor. I think he's actually quite worryingly bad form. So I'm going to go with that as the goalkeeper and back uh, back four. 
I would do something crazy in this game, and people might laugh at this, but I would actually play El Nini, uh, Rice and Erdegaard. But I don't think that will be the case. I think it will be Jorginho, Rice and Erdegaard as the three in midfield. So Jorginho will be the six and then yeah. Rice will play forward as the eight and then Erdegaard will be ten. Um, so that's is what I more, think it will be. Is it more like this or is it straight? Is it? Uh, yeah, as you are there. So if you put Jorginho yeah. where he is there and then if you drag Declan Rice over to the left-hand side yeah. towards Tommy Asimov and then Erdegaard just in front to the right-hand side. There we yeah. go. Um, that's what I think it will be. The reason I would play El Nini is I know Jorginho was class last year at St. James's Park and he really was. He was my man of the match. I just haven't been impressed and I think that he slowed us down so much. And El Nini actually gives us a little bit more, well, I'd Mobility. probably be more mobile than Jor Jorginho, but he's more mobile. And <laughs> I actually don't think he's ever let us down really, El Nini. He's just like a six out of 10 at least. He he's never really going to set the world alight, but neither does Jorginho. But I think it will be that free. And then I think the front three is really interesting. Saka will play on the right-hand side, 100%. Um, so he'll definitely start. It was talked that he might not be fit. Is that, is that rubbish? Is, well, he come on, if he's not fit, then what the hell is he coming on for last night for, for half hour? Do you know what I mean? So he's got he's to play. Um, and then to be fair, Pete, you might be right, because he hasn't had a good start to the season because he's been no. burning the kid out. Um, and then this is where it gets interesting. Um, I'll tell you what the team will be. I'll tell you what I, I tell you, I, I'll tell you what I will I would do, and then I'll tell you what the team will be. I would yeah. play Trossard on the left and I would play Martinelli through the middle. That's what I would do. But okay. he won't do that. Uh he will play Martinelli on the left hand side, and up front he'll play Eddie and Ketia. That's mm. what I think he will pick. That's what Mikel Arteta would pick. I personally, from that team, if it was me, I would play El Nini and then instead of Jorginho, and I would play um, Martinelli through the middle and Trossard on the left. But that's what I think this 11 will be uh, when we line up tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Saturday. Albert, what do you think, bro? Um, well, I think Newcastle fans and Eddie Howe will be praying that um, Zinchenko plays. He, he yeah. shouldn't play. Um, he's been hooked off actually quite a few times, at, uh, um, like half-time or 60 minutes, um, for Tommy Yasu. And, um, and not just... not With, with Tommy Yasu, not just that he... Um, he obviously can defend very well. I mean, it's quite funny because we talk about that inverted role, but out of all the Arsenal players in the squad, Tommy Ash is not the player I would have thought um, Arteta would have entrusted in that, that type of role, not just defensively, but obviously giving us something going forward, which he actually does do. And I thought he would get his first goal this season. He did. He got his first goal last week. Um, so he, Tommy Ash has to play in that game um, at St. James's Park. Um I think with the forward line, because you're quite, you're quite, you, you've got quite a physical back four, man. We've got, we've got is it Fabian Shaw and the Sales's plan, isn't it? Yeah. I think they'll yeah. eat Eddie. I think they'll eat Eddie alive, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think you get a tune out of him. I actually would be tempted to even, if, it, like I said, if you're gonna play Havertz, play him down the middle. You've got, you've got the pace around him. He can technically hold the ball up. He's got height. He can show a bit of physicality. That's what I would do. But I think that team that Potsy sort of outlaying there, I think that will be the team that starts. But I would actually put, I'd actually put um, Havertz down the middle for that game. Interesting. You play Havertz down the middle? Yep. Oh, mate, Albert. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of Eddie and Ketia by any means, but 
I think Kai Havertz is a player you fling on for 20 minutes in that position in and that try position. and do like a Olivier Giroud thing. He can't be. If I see Havertz in midfield, I'm going to be seriously asking whether Arteta is actually no. super Mick or silly Mick because he cannot play in midfield, mate. I tell you this now: there is no way he can play in midfield. It's it's mm. it's done. That that experiment is over. So for me, I think that if you are going to play Eddie, uh, Kai Havertz at all, he needs to be flung on with 20 minutes to go cause a nuisance in the box in that position. A little bit like Olivier Giroud used to do towards the back end of his career at Arsenal, even though he's still starting from Milan and killing it. Um, that's what I would be doing with Kai Havertz. But I think Arteta loves Eddie and after a hat-trick, he's going to play him. And, 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 that, and, and, that, and that's the thing. That's, that's the thing with Kai. He will play. It will be a plan B. But if you, if you are going to play him, you, you play him down the middle. You don't play him in midfield. You don't. Could be interesting. I'm not going to lie, Chris, Keith, you probably agree with me. I, I would love that to be the front the front striker. I would love Sinjenko to be here. Um, I would love another option than Bakayo Saka there because mm-hmm. um, just for his, his frightening pace and his ability on the ball, um, all he needs is, it, is half a yard to put the ball in the net. And that's what I worry about more than anything. Um, Pete, would you be, would you be, uh, I mean, I would personally, would you prefer to see Trossard on the left rather than Martinelli? I, I don't know what it is. Martinelli frightens me. Um, I rate him so hard. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just got lightning yeah. pace, hasn't he? He's just got mm. that pace and trickery that... He's quality, Trippi, man. He's going to start. And that's mm. the thing that... That's the only thing that Trippier doesn't have to his game is that is that frightening pace. Yeah. And it's interesting because from a Newcastle perspective, that's what people are, <laughs> people are saying in the chat. In the chat, people are saying Livramento. Livramento, I think I can't remember who it was, but someone said Livramento loves to to kind of pocket um, left wingers, um, and he does. And he's got the frightening pace to get back yeah, and, and, and combat that. That uh, so it's, it's an interesting look. Look, Trippi is going to start, but like Trippi got has everything else in his locker apart mm. from that frightening pace. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that worries me with Martinelli there. So I I, I get it, I, I really do. But Chris, throw your eleven out for me. Uh, what 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 we going? Um, some people have said, and I think it was tongue in cheek. Uh, Alan Thompson said, uh, stick with the same eleven that, uh, that that beat Man United at Old Trafford. But I've got a feeling not going to quite stick to that eleven, mate. <laughs> no, no. To be honest, I think the team picks itself this week. I'll be honest. Keith may critique me and change it round, but I think it'll be Nick Pope in goal. Okay. I think it'll be Dan Byrne left back. Big Dan. Oh, hold on. It's moving on its own. Big Dan Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Big Dan Byrne. Uh, Fabian Shaw left centre back. Yeah. Jamal Sells right centre back. Okay. And then I think right back. I'm not even going to bring up Livermore. I do. I, I think he will. I think he will stick with Trippier. Will you call uh, for Livermore every week? Don't you? Every you, week, you I say it. Every week. Yeah. Um, and now, now will be a good game. But no, I, I think he will stick with Trippier. Um, and that's not criticizing Trippier in any way. It's just uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Livermore. But yeah, in the holding position will be Bruno. Yeah. Left side of the central midfield will be Joe Linton. Joe. Right side will be Sean Longstaff. And then I think uh, left left wing will be Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Right wing will be Miggy Almiron. Where's Miggy? Miggy's here, yeah. And I think it will be Callum Wilson through the middle. Oh, well, we've got, not that we've got much choice. I think it'll be Callum Wilson we through the middle. We ain't got yeah. the rocks, have we? No, um, no. 
But I will say on this team, um, I think that the subs will be interesting, particularly on the 60, 65th minute. I do expect Livermento to come on at some point. Uh, I think Joe Willock will be brought on. Um, I can see I can see a number of subs actually in this game. Uh, it depends on how the game's going, obviously. But yeah, that, that would be my starting eleven, I think. Yeah, Keith, um, it, it, would you do? You, do you completely agree with with um, Chris's lineup to match Arsenal? Well, well, they're called Chris's uh, sentiments there. I would love to disagree and I would love to challenge and critique more, but unfortunately, we don't have a lot of options to work at the moment. Where our sort of injury bench is sort of almost coming up to being like a, a an 11, an injury 11 almost, you could have said. Uh, we haven't got to keep a touch what who's injured at the moment, but I tell you what, every other outfield player, we've got an injured, uh, I think, nine players who've been bigger in the first team who are injured at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so really, I think Chris has got the strongest lineup really at the moment. And it was a shame last night. The only downer was obviously seeing uh, Target within four minutes getting injured. So um, I, I agree with what Chris is saying. The substitutes are going to be interesting at some point. Newcastle could be in a winning position or at least in a drawn position when those substitutes are made. And that could that could be the telling factor. It could either see Newcastle over the line or it might not see Newcastle over the line. Um, I think Libramento, it's really interesting to see his development really and how well he's been doing. And I, yes, I, I would like to see him play some part in the game. I think given how how it rotates, it's going to be trippy. I start and then maybe Liberant won the second half for, for spells in the second half. Mm. And will we get to see um, Lewis Hall at some stages in this match as well, given yeah. how well he did against Man United? It's, it's an interesting one for him. I'm just going to run through this really quickly, just from my thoughts. And, and, and Potts, Albert, uh, Chris, Keith, come in when you, when you, uh, if you agree, disagree with, with with what I'm going to say. Having watched the game last season, there there are certain things that I'm I'm concerned about. One of them is right here, um, mm -hmm. uh, Bukayo Saka up against Burn. It's the same Burn uh, 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 um, at the Emirates last season when it was nil nil. I thought after a tricky start, he handled it really well, and he was able to to keep. Yeah. Saka quiet to a point, but um, on a wide, on a big wide pitch, Saka, if he gets that half a yard, he's gone. And that's something that I do genuinely worry about. Because I think, um, and some people might disagree with me, but I think Burn has been caught for pace more this season than in the previous seasons that he's been at the club. And that is a little bit of a concern for me. The other one is here, this man. Um, and not because Bruno's not a good player, because Bruno is a fantastic player. And when he's on the board, he will dictate the play. There is no doubt about it. But what we had last season um, in particular, and I'll come back to this, is that Bruno going forward and pressing Jorginho, which is what the tactic is, the middle guy, the middle man, whoever's the number six, will press the deep number six of the opposition. But what it leaves here is a gap. And this is where Odegaard last season, if you rem if you remember, he picks the ball up 20, 30 yards out and yeah. whips it right into the bottom corner against um, Pope because Bruno, quite rightly, is part of the tactic, goes and presses high. The intensity and what we do 
but it opened up the space for Odegaard. And that's what I worry about more than anything, that that space is going to be exposed. Um, Bruno is going to have to do what he did at the San Siro, um, where he sat in and played the number six role as a defensive option. He takes the play, but as a defensive option, he sits here and manages that situation. That's really key. I think that's going to be an interesting battle. Longstaff and Declan Rice, I think they're both going to be box to box. You're going to see Longstaff appear in this little right-hand section here, but you're going to get Declan Rice appearing on the edge of the box and doing what Declan Rice is going to do. I think that's going to be a really intriguing battle. Um, Wilson has proven already before at St. James's Park that he has the beating of a centre-back pairing for Arsenal now. Saliba wasn't there at the time, and that'll be a really interesting battle. He's had many battles with Gabriel, but he's going to have to play a really key role in here. But for me, a really interesting one um, is with this man, Anthony Gordon, up against Ben White. Ben White's a really good um, right-back, but we've talked about Anthony Gordon, Chris, Keith, as mm. being England potential. If yeah. he's going to be England potential, he's going to have to get the better of someone like Ben White. And I think that's going to be a really good battle. He got the better of Trent Alexander-Arnold um, when we played against Liverpool um, at St. James's Park. He got the better of him. He's an England international. He's going to have to go and do the same again. And what's really interesting is that Tommy Asu, you guys, Potts and Albert, said Tommy Asu to start ahead of Zinchenko. I remember Tommy Asu when he played at St. James's Park and Alan St. Maximum ran him ragged to the point where I think he got his he got a hamstring injury and had to be subbed off. Almiron maybe hasn't got the trickery of Alan St. Maximum, but he's got the pace to run in and behind and he likes to exploit these areas either inside or outside. So there's a few battles there that I'm interested in from a Newcastle perspective. And of course, we've got the defensive perspective that we talked about, Trippier and Martinelli. Honestly, I might come to it might come to bite me on, on the backside. I'm not worried about here. I'm not. I, I do think that Lascelles and Shaw will handle Enketia. So it's right. what happens in and around that that I think is really, really crucial. But has anyone got anything to kind of counteract what I've said? in terms of my thoughts, either attackingly or defensively from either team? I think for me, the first thing I see is Dan Byrne and Saka. As soon as you mentioned it, I mean, you put straight away Pope in goal, Dan Byrne left back and I went good. Um, because, not that I didn't expect it, but just because that is one area of weakness. Now, I like Dan Byrne. I think he's a good player. I really do. And I think that he's actually done a really good signing for Newcastle. But I've got confidence that if Saka is on his game, then I think he can give him a bad afternoon um, or evening, should I say. I think this is why I want to start Martinelli through the middle because Shaw and Lascelles, I rate Shaw. I think he's very underrated, yeah. by the way. Yeah, but Lascelles, really underrated. But Lascelles, like, surely if Eddie can't, I mean, if Eddie cannot get some form of hope against Lascelles, then we really have got a poor centre-off. Not that Lascelles is rubbish or anything like that, but that's a player we should be looking at. I know he's old school, he's old, he's solid at times, but he's a weaker player. Yeah, yeah. I want him there, not Botman. That, uh, let's be honest, right? Yeah. So, Martinelli, I think, can give him a harder time, personally. That's why I would have him there and trust on the left. I think Trippier and Martinelli will be a good matchup. I do think Trippier actually gets forgotten about defensively. I think people think he's rubbish defensively when actually he's not rubbish defensively. Of course, he's great going forward with his crossing ability, but he can actually defend. 
I think Eddie Howe would have learned from last year in relation to Erdegaard. And I actually think the reason Erdegaard was so good was because Jorginho was so good as well. And when we have a trio in midfield, like last season that we had, you know, Granit Xhaka was really under, underrated last season and how important he mm. was. And Martin Erdegaard had such a good... And you were right, Pete, in what you did with the tactics there in terms of Bruno. I think they might have learned from that and I think they might be a little bit wiser. The one that really interests me more than anything on this pitch, though, is Ben White and Anthony Gordon. Because Ben White, as Albert will tell you, he has pocketed some really quick wingers. Wilfred Zaha last season, he pocketed him. Uh, he, did it, he did the same with um, with uh, Liverpool, with Diaz. Who was that, Albert? Son as well. Son, he absolutely pocketed Son. Yeah. So he's had some really good... The only thing with Ben White, he ain't looked great the last couple of games. That's all I'm going to say. He needs to stop painting his hair white and get it back to brown. Because <laughs> it was good when it was brown hair. That's what I'm saying. But I, I think that interests me because I'm a fan of this Anthony Gordon. I did a I did a, uh, a bit on, on Anthony Gordon when he was linked with... I think it was Chelsea he was linked with. Yeah. And I was like, 63 million, that's a disgrace. This was before all the Declan Rice and Bellingham's and Kai Sado's were happening, by the way, I might add. But um, at the time, 63 million for him was absolutely mad money, in my opinion. Um, I think he's had a really good season at Newcastle, mate. Like, really good season. And I think he's been uh, he's been most most improved from what I've seen. I actually prefer um, Almiron as a player to St. Maximan. I, I know I, I upset a few people when I when he was at your club. I said he just runs around in circles and doesn't actually get anywhere. Um, and I agree with that. I, I think he, he's triggering. He's fall out, Potts. Me and you are going to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trickery, 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 but I can't see much output with him. And since he's gone, you ain't missed him. So I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll rest my case. Um, but I, I do I do think that Almiron has, has just got that. Um, I think he's probably, I mean, maybe it is Joe Linton, actually. But I, I think Almiron's close to being the most improved player I've seen at Newcastle because he looked like he was done. Like, to me, it looked like he was never going to be a, a player that anyone was scared of. And to talk about it now, two years on, you think actually he could do some damage. That that's just credit to him and to Eddie Howe, to be honest. Because I think him and Joe Linton, what he's done to improve them two players is is nothing short of phenomenal in terms of what Eddie Howe's done. But they're the ones for me. I I, I shouldn't say this because Callum Wilson's a very good player, but I'm glad Isak is out. Doesn't mean Wilson won't score because he could do. But I do I would rather have Wilson there than Isak. You know what I think of Isak. I think he's unreal, man. I just love him. So yeah, um, they're the ones for me, Pete. Definitely. Uh, any boys, to, just before we, we, we come away from the tactics board, anyone else want to share anything, any opinions? I've just put uh, some arrow, uh, some, some lines, sorry, not arrows, uh, lines for Almiron because they're the movements that he makes. He either makes those runs into those wide areas or he makes those starting runs in between the full-back and the centre-back. And they are hard to, to, to defend. They really are. Yeah. Pete, just, Pete, more Pete, yeah, just, just to add to that, yeah, because I remember we played when we played you guys at um, the Emirates last season, and why? What I, I was at the game for that game actually as well. Um, what what a lot of teams are very good at doing generally is nullifying the wide players. So remember, Almiron did a brilliant job of. Um, I think did Trippi play last season at, at, at the Emirates? Did a great job with sort of marshalling Martinelli and. Um, the same thing on the opposite side with Joel Lynn and um and and um I think it was Dan Burn at the time. They they're very good at nullifying our wide players. You, a lot of teams do it now. And I think I know people talk about the central midfield area, which will be good with Longstaff and Declan Rice, but I think it's how we cope with Gordon and Almiron. And the same for you guys, how you cope with Martinelli and um Bukayo Saka. Whoever whoever wins that battle, I think we'll have a good chance of winning the game. 
yeah, that's not right. Uh, I agree. Um, there's going to be some intriguing battles, and look, this is what we look like to do on the tactics, but we like to keep um, everything on there um, because when it, it, when and if it kind of like unveils, uh, we do like to talk about it and, and, and mention that we did talk about it on the show. But lots of battles you know around the pitch. Go on, Chris. Sorry, just to add in at the end there, I know you briefly touched on it. I think that battle between Wilson and the two centre-backs is going to be massive. Um, we, we saw there was a bit of beef between Wilson and Gabriel um, from last season. And I think having Saliba in there just makes Arsenal you know, even stronger because I, I do really rate uh, Saliba. Um, and I think that, that will be a particularly difficult battle for Callum Wilson. But for me, that's where the likes of Joe Linton and Sean Longstaff are going to come in. Callum Wilson occupying the centre-backs. And we're looking for Joe Linton and Sean Longstaff to be making those bursting runs in between Ben White and Saliba and Gabriel and Tommy Asu. If it, if it is Tommy Asu who starts at left back, you know, to kind of, you know, ask more questions of that Arsenal defence. And this is where we need the legs of the likes of Joe Linton and possibly Joe Willock when he comes on. And he's going to be asked to kind of, you know, ask those questions of the Arsenal defence. It's going to be intriguing. I'm 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 interested, really excited about to see um, how we almost or how we kind of set up against against Arsenal because we 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 really went for you guys last season because we were super confident that we thought St James's Park Fortress we can go for you, but with certain players out, it might be not necessarily a fully reserved um, at, uh, like intent, but I think there might be a more considered version of Newcastle United on Saturday, which is kind of what Potts you were talking about and Chris and Abbott, uh, you kind of touched on as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how it works. Potts, I know you need to go. Shooters, your prediction, mate. Uh, 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 obviously, it's your <laughs> birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday in advance. I'm sure I'll speak to you tomorrow anyway. Thanks, mate. Uh, and you're you're traveling up for the game at St. James's Park. So um, what, what do you think the result is going to be? Um, at what half seven Saturday evening? <laughs> yeah, man. Hopefully, I won't be too drunk and I remember it. Um, listen, big up, big up for having me on. First of all, big up to everyone in the chat. Big up to Chris Kiefer as well, of course, Albert. Um, I want to say I'll be up there on Saturday night, so it'd be lovely to meet some of you guys because I know you support Twelfth Man, and obviously you're always on here as well. So, uh, let me know where to go, man, because I'll be up for a drink. If you see me, come say hello. I might not know who you are because I only see names in these chats, so you'll have to come and actually physically say hello to me. Uh, but please don't be shy. Um, what do I think the result will be? Two-two. Um, is what I'm going with. I'm going with 2-2. I think this will be a good game. Um, and I think Newcastle was stronger than people are giving them credit for, in my opinion. I know people are very happy that Isak's out and that Murphy's out and that Tonali's out and the list goes on, Barnes, etc. Botman. But I I still think you've got top quality. Um, we should be trying to win this game, in my opinion, and I think that we should. But I don't know that Eddie and Jorginho are going to be quite as strong as what we need. And I'd rather have Party and Jesus. Because if we had Party and Jesus, I wouldn't go for an Arsenal to nick it. And I would still only say that Arsenal would nick it, by the way. Um, I wouldn't expect a 3-0 at St. James' Park. This is a tough place to go, by the way. Yeah. Um, not one that I enjoy going to. So, listen, if we lose, I'll just get drown my sorrows, have a good birthday and enjoy one of the best places to go in England uh, for the night. Um, if we win, it will be a bonus and I'll have a great weekend. Hopefully, Arsenal have done their kind of damage last night and we can bounce back. But um, big up to everyone in the chat. Big up Lisa as well. Big up everybody else. And uh, thanks for wishing me happy birthday. And thanks for having me on, Pete and Chris and the guys. Much appreciated. Pleasure. Just, just right Cheers, next Pops. to me where I'm just 
putting my thumb there, the Talk Man podcast. Um, <laughs> if you haven't subscribed already, make sure you have because it's a fantastic channel. Um, and it's a pleasure to be a part of uh, as well with you and the boys um, Thanks, every man. week. So, yeah, um, make sure you go and subscribe to that. Pots, I'm going to let you go. Happy birthday for tomorrow. I'll be in touch, mate, no doubt. Oh, be in touch, um, mate. Be in touch. Yeah, mate. man. Thanks a lot. Big up, Albert. Big up, Keith. Big up the chat. Chris, Pete, it's all love. I'll see you uh, next time. And I hope that you lose this weekend. <laughs> Take care. See you guys later. Oh, Take, care. Oh, Take care, bro. Uh, you always had to, you had to kind of just yeah. chuck that in at the end, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, um, uh, Albert, are you okay for a couple of minutes? Just yeah, go on, mate. Go on, bro. Questions? Couple of yeah, awesome on, questions. Man. What question? We're not going to oh. get through all of them. I apologise in advance. We, 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 we've had some really good discussion tonight. We, we obviously did the tactics ball. We had some fantastic stats from the main man. Uh, Keith uh, at the bottom and we've got loads of questions we're not going to get through more so we apologise no we'll get some top questions for you mate before we before we get predictions I'll, I'll, I'll whiz through as many as I can Albert um, to try and get as many as we can but first of all Jamie Brew and big shout out mate thank you very much for the super chat um, he's telling Potts to go to Shearer's bar before kick off and he'll get you the pints so Potts pass that message on to Potts and let him know he's got a, he's got a free pint waiting there um, so very kind of uh, Jamie. So thank you for that, Jamie. Um, we also had a super chat from Toon Tactics TV. So again, thank you very much for that. Um, he's asking you, Albert, does Arteta select players for his teams on merit? Mm, well, if you're looking at the goalkeeper situation, you probably, probably would say no, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one with Arteta because he's, he's ruthless in some aspects hmm. with the goalkeeper situation. Um, but in other in other areas of the team, he's not. Um, and you think to yourself, well, you know, there's certain players that are not performing or, you know. I mean, for example, I know he's injured now again. I can't believe ESR's injured again. But, you know, he had a good under-21. He had a good heroes with the under-21 thing when he got fit. Um, but he's not playing. Um, and then obviously now he's injured. But... I just think with some players, he doesn't trust them. I mean, the perfect example is why Saka's played, I think, is it 88, 89, probably 90 games he's appeared in consecutively for Arsenal um, because he doesn't trust Reese Nelson. That's the only thing for me. It must be because it must be that because it, before you could turn around and argue that it's his injury record, but he's fit now. And he only played yesterday because, you know, it, it was he wanted to give some of the fringe players an opportunity. But generally speaking, he, he doesn't play Reese Nelson a lot. And... You know, how are players supposed to improve the team or you know get minutes into side if you don't trust them to play him? You kept him at the club and you gave him contracts, so I, I don't get it. But yeah, it's a weird one. He's ruthless in some areas with the goalkeeping situation, but in other areas of the team, he's not. Yeah. Can, can, just, just before we come to another question, Chris, can I just ask you, Albert? Um, Emerson Throw. I think you just mentioned talked about him. Um, Emerson Smith Throw been linked with Newcastle United um, as a potential move in January. What what do what do you make of him and and um, do you think it's time for him to move on from Arsenal? Um, I'm I'm one of them Arsenal fans. I I'm not too sentimental with players. I know people talk about the Hayland Academy and the guys that come through at a young age and but football's not a long career. Um, he's had a lot of injuries, unfortunately. I like him. Listen, the the ironic the irony of it is when Arteta was kind of struggling, sort of his first you know, 18 months or so, the likes of Saka and ESR got him out of jail. 
Um, I haven't forgot that because they put in some good performances in the struggling Arsenal side. Yeah. Um, but ESR is an interesting one because he's got a lot of potential, man. He, 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 you know, he had that season or two seasons ago where he was at double figures for goals and he had some he had some good numbers for assists. But what are you supposed to do, guys, when you the, the guy can't keep fit? Mm. You can't keep you can't keep them at the club, you know. But yeah, it, I think. There's gonna be there's gonna have to be a major discussion in January, um, and and in, in regards to the injuries got now, the way Arteta was talking, it doesn't really look good because he could be out for quite a while. Um, same thing with Thomas Party as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nathan Page again. Nathan, thank you very much for the donation to the channel, mate. Much appreciated. Um, Nathan wants to know, um, Albert. Do you think Arsenal needs a better backup striker? Would you take um, Ivan Tony? And also, if you had to choose, would you have Madison or Odegaard? <laughs> Good Ooh. question. A bit mysterious, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very, that's very, Nathan, that's very naughty of you. That's very naughty. Um, listen, there's a lot of fans in our fan base that really, really like Jade Madison. Um, when he's at Leicester and... I think the fact he's gone to Spurs, it's not just the fact he's gone to Spurs, it's because he's playing well. He's a good player, man. It's, it's that simple. Um, I don't know if Gareth Southgate thinks that well, but that's another discussion anyway. But um, I'm happy with Martin Odegaard. He cops a lot of scrutiny and a lot of flack. Um, and I think people got very short-term memories. He put up some brilliant numbers last season. You know, he scored 15 goals, man, in the Premier League. And he don't take that many penalties either. And seven assists. So... Um, has has he been has he been good this season? No, he hasn't. Can he be better? Hundred percent. Um, and I and I have trust him that he will be better. But Erdogan, I, I'd love both personally. I'd, but um, I'm not going to choose both, so I'm going to I'm going to dodge the question. The Tony one, I, Tony, I would take. Tony, I would take. I would take. Um, I think the only reservation, from my point of view, is. I know, you know, there's certain people that look at it from a statistical point of view. You know, if you take away the penalties, he hasn't got that many more goals than such and such. I understand that argument, but um, he's 27, Tony, I think he is. Um, the only thing I would question, but I think this is more of an Arteta thing. Um, since he's come at Arsenal, you know, people talk about the character of players and, and bringing them to the club. Arteta done a lot of work getting rid of certain players, players out of the club because of that very reason. Um, so I, I think with the whole betting thing, whether you, whether you think it's right or it's, it's not, yeah. I think he, he he might look at that. But I, I, I think it's a character thing with Tony. But ability-wise, there's no reason why Arsenal shouldn't look at him. But, you know, we've heard the figure um, touted around Brentford, what they want for him um, to try and warn some people off, I guess, really. But I would personally take him. I think the problem with Arsenal is... And I think generally with the with this with the striker market anyway, it's very, very difficult, man. Because I mean, if you think about it, Lewandowski's the wrong side of 30. Um, Harry Kane's late 20s. Um, Mbappe's not going to come to the Premier League in, I don't think ever in his lifetime, personally. That's my own, own personal point of view. So when you look at the tier of strikers, you're like, well, where are they? But it's not that there isn't any out there. United took a punt on on potential with, with Rasmus Hoyland. Um, but Arsenal do need to look at that market uh, in terms of a striker because as good as Jesus is, um, I don't think he's going to be the man to get you the 20-plus goals a season. 
I just don't yeah. think he will. Um, but then your problem we've got is he's shown a lot of mad faith in Eddie and Ketia. Um, and like I said, the dearth of strikers is not many out there, Pete, to be honest with you. The main, main one, much most people will mention all the time, is Victor Osserman. Um, it'll cost a lot of money. Um, he's shown a lot of he's shown he, he, he's shown that he can deliver. Um, yeah. but we'll see how that situation goes. Um, if he even come, if he wants to come to the Premier League, to be honest. I've yeah. got three more questions for you now, but oh, sorry, go, go on, mate. No, I, no, all, all I was gonna say is is that you're not the only you're not the only club to be looking at Victoria, man. <laughs> what, what's to say he ends up at Chelsea? Yeah. They need a striker. <laughs> God. Hey, forget Chelsea. I wonder about us. <laughs> if, we can't, if we can't get the team props and the Victor Boniface, or as Foxy's just put in the chat, Marcus Leonardo, who we talked about on our mm. show with Graham, uh, Graham Bailey yeah. earlier on in the week. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, check that one out. That was a cracking show with some good options on there. Um, Victor Osterman is, is one that we, we, we definitely have been looking at for sure. But um, yeah, so sorry, I digress. But uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's in there. But no, he's a cracking option. He's he's a top striker. I think I think that's the one area. I, I think if if you if with any club really, if you look, if you're talking about the striker market, I think it's more hard than it's been for the last five ten years. I think it's I think it's the pool yeah. has got. It's not it's not it's not increasing. It's decreasing. 100%. It's definitely decreasing. I mean, I can remember growing up watching football and, you know, you'd see teams in the mid-table um, and slightly lower, like Coventry, and they'd have, like, Darren Huckabee and, uh, you know, Dion Dublin banging them in yeah. from all angles. And, you know, yeah. every club seemed to have great strikers. So I don't know yeah. what it is. If, if it's actually the defenders becoming more cultured and better, but, but the market's getting smaller and the, the numbers aren't as big as they used to be. You've got phenomenal strikers like Lewandowski and everybody here over the years who've had great stats. But in terms of the Premier League, you're 20 and over. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. And in, in, in Serie A as well, you know, you just don't get the numbers that you used to get. No, no. Darren Huckabee. I feel old. Wasn't he at Newcastle as well before yeah, he went yeah, to Coventry yeah, as well? Yeah, no spells at Millwall. Yeah, yeah. We're watching the Coventry at Norwich. Yeah. And like, that, that was when he was a young lad. Like, he's been retired for about 15 years now, man. I yeah. feel old. Oh, God. Scary, you know? Don't worry, Scary. Pete. We're, we're, we're all there, mate. We're all there. Maybe feel great. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Um, I love this question from Jordi Toon for Life. Um, he asks Albert, if you could go back 15 years and choose one Arsenal player from the past, who would you choose to help get you over the line and win the league? I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick, but you might shock me. Oh, um, it's hard because I could answer that with so many different players, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stick one, I just think he was such a massive game changer, and I think even the Arsenal players mentioned him a lot, it's Dennis Burkamp. Different, he, he, he took yeah, he, he took us up another level. I mean, he, I mean, he came to us, we struggled. He came from, he didn't have a good time in Milan. But I, I think if he, if he, likes what Henri would say, Dennis Burkamp, right, it would say Dennis Burkamp. Like he used to, used to wear the same the same pajamas and match his slippers. He said he just wanted to copy Dennis. <laughs> but yeah, Dennis Burkamp was the biggest game changer for Arsenal Football Club, hundred percent for me. Yeah, he was like yeah. the catalyst, wasn't he? Which sort of sent Arsenal in a completely different direction. I know they had Ian Wright before him, and Ian Wright for some of the time when Burkamp was there. But if you 
like obviously it came just before Wenger and then it was Wenger and then Burkamp just really seemed to come on that season. Yeah. He was out of this yeah. world, those goals yeah. against Leicester and everybody. And then yeah. in that World yeah. Cup against Holland Oof. for those couple of years, Touch. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to let St. James's part. Let's not forget that. Come on now. I knew you were going to bring that. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was us made, that that made up for that, though. That was us made up for that, that goal. I know it was Dabazas, but he made up for it when he got that winner against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. Did you just, Albert? Did you just, did you say Dabiz is still spinning? He's still, he's still spinning, yeah. <laughs> wow. That good, that. Um, last two for you, Albert. So, um, Andy Ford asks um, if you could have one player from the current Newcastle squad, who would it be and why? Oh, dear. That's a good one. Um, I'm not going to quit. I'm trying to fit off the top of my head now. Oh, dear. Isaac's too obvious. It's not him, but there, there is someone. I'm going to look at, I'm going to quickly look at your, your team now, your squad. I'm going to quickly have a quick look. Um, is there another question now? I'm going to come back to it quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, this one's really, this one's really easy. Well, I say easy. I think you're going to answer it very quickly, Albert. Uh, Alan Thompson says, um, will Spurs win the Premier League before Arsenal? Absolutely not. Don't, be asked, <laughs> don't ask such a preposterous question. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Yeah, we, we, we know we know Alan Thompson is, is a big is a big supporter of the channel, and he yeah. always does this to kind of just just the, the little cheeky questions in there to, the opposition <laughs> just just to get yeah. you there. They're having a good time talking at the moment. But but back to your previous question. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what. We'll pick Anthony Gordon. I liked him at Everton. Um. And there's room for him, and he will get better. I, he, yeah, I, I like Anthony Gordon. That's one that stuck out for me. Yeah, you know what, boys? Um, and Potts, if he was on, he, he, he contested this. And Chris, I think I might have told you about this as well separately. But the amount of people from opposition fans that have like literally really started to take not take notice, but really started to go, you know what? He's a quality player. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Gordon, I like Albert. Like you, you, you've known that you've said it for a while. Like you, you, you've you've always kind of rated him. But there's like people on Twelve Man, for example. Like I, I talk about Toby, like Tobes, um, who's on the Big Six. Like he, he sent a message the other week, and Chris, I think I told you about this. He just put a message on the chat on the Race for Europe chat, um, and he was just like, you know what, like fair play, fair play to Newcastle because Anthony Gordon. Like I rated, I rate him a lot. Yeah, I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season. And like, yeah, he put, put a little voice note out there, and it it, it was un, unprompted, like it was just out yeah. of the blue. But and like, I think a lot of fans now that laughed at us, and a lot of fans did. Everton laughed at us. Yeah, you know, other other top clubs that were in and around this, like the Villas and all the rest of it, laughed at us and were like. Why are you paying 45 million for Anthony Gordon for like waste of money? Chelsea kind of laughed at us because they were like, they they were they were quoted sort of like 50 million. And we're like, nah, we ain't yeah. paying that 60 million, we ain't paying that. We got them for 45, and now they're going, actually, we, we <laughs> yeah, I know. I think should we have paid the money? Like, because yeah. some of the some of the players, for example, Chelsea, some of the wings that they've signed haven't hit the ground running. No. Like Anthony Gordon, it took Anthony Gordon six months. It took him a while, you know. 
I was, I was even myself. I wasn't sure it was going to make the grade. And it was only really the Euros. And, and, and Chris, you've you watched the Euros like I did, and we we you you're bigging him up probably before I was in saying, you know what, he's going to have a great season and, and, and yeah. backed him right from the beginning. And I, and now yeah. now look at him like he. I think what it is, I think for me, he was starting to come good at the end of last season. You know. Um, that goal against Chelsea on the last day of the season down at Stamford Bridge, that's when he started to come into form. It was just a bit too, you know, near the end for him of the season. And then obviously he carried that on and he was one of the stars, if not the star of the under-21s Euros, really. Did brilliant in winning that, you know, and the, the run that he went on when he carried that confidence in running to the season. I think a lot of people as well, I, w- I would say about the Everton thing, I think it was unfairly tarnished and maybe a lot of people weren't taking into consideration the toxic environment at Everton at the time, last season as well. And for a very young player and what that does, he was doing amazing things in a very difficult side that was missing Caval- Calvert-Lewin and players like that. So there was a lot of pressure put onto Gordon's shoulders. Um, but once he got out of that environment and he got his fitness up at Newcastle, we're starting to see the results now, and people are people's eyes are being opened to Gordon. Yeah, interesting one. Um, Absolutely. Maybe another question before we before we wrap up. That was uh, that was actually the last one. Oh. That was actually the last one, Pete. Yeah. Perfect. Um, no you know what? Massive thanks to everyone. Put the questions in. Um, brilliant, brilliant questions, and thank you. Um, for for taking the time, lots of different opinions, and I love the conversations in the chat. Like, uh, if it, it, mostly yourself, Chris, but like myself, if we're going through the chat and we're looking through some of the conversations, are brilliant, and and we, we do try and re- respond to some of them as as we can. But if you haven't already, hit like and subscribe to the channel, um, and particularly this show tonight because it's been amazing to have Albert um, on um, uh, as well as Potts, and and thank you for supporting. Everything loaded mad, NUFC. Um, Albert, just before we go, where can we find you um, in everything that you do um, on socials, on YouTube? Where can we find you at, mate? You can find me anywhere, Pete. Anywhere, <laughs> here, there, and everywhere. At the games, on Instagram, Twitter. My that's, that my Twitter handle is underneath the Albert JTV. My channel name is Albert JTV, but the Twitter handle is just underneath. Um, my Instagram handle is different. It's just got 15 on the end instead of 57. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't give sort of pre-planned what I'm going to do because um, it just come, it just comes to my head. But I do put it out on the social so people will, will get to the loop. So um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's why that's why that's all you'll find me, shall I say. So give Albert a follow more than anything so you can keep uh, an eye on his, um, his content. Uh, click that notification bell because anything that come, pops up, you'll be able to see it. That's for sure. Albert, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, not the first time, won't be the last, that's for sure. Um, coming on the channel, um, brilliant to have you on with us. Double O Stato, Dr. Doom, uh, Keith, absolute pleasure as well to have you on there. And look, I'm not going to go anywhere before we get our predictions. Um, uh, just wanted to get those stanks out of the way. Chris, <laughs> uh, what are we going for, mate? What are we going for? Mate, don't ask me why. I've just got this weird feeling, and I thought it before you even asked this question. I thought this about half an hour ago. Don't ask me why. I think Newcastle are going to win 4-2. Oh, don't know why. 
Don't know why. I've just got four two on the brain. Um, I think there'll be loads of goals. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Newcastle could score could score quite a few goals. But I do think Arsenal will very much be in the game. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say four two Newcastle. That is oh dear. Yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not. No. It's got a weird <laughs> feeling. I don't know why. Put a bet on it because Bring I've it. just got this weird feeling. Yeah. Bring it on. Albert, as the Arsenal fan in the room, um, I think what Pops went 2 2. Um, are, are you thinking you're going to be on the fence with, with the 2 2 or you you go for an Arsenal win? What are you going for, fella? No, one one stuck in my head. Um, I've thought that for a couple of days now. Um, I would take a point. I would take a point. Um, our waveform, what gives me a bit more confidence is our waveform is actually pretty good. Um, so this is the home form we need to sort of rectify from last season. But yeah, I, it's going to be tough. New, St. James' Park is a tough place to go, man. Um, I think the reason why we won there last season is because the pressure was off. Because we were in a position, we yeah, we technically in the title race still, but we weren't really. We was, City kind of had their foothold on it, but I think this is a bit different. Um, it's quite early in the season. Um, I need I need like be eleven games in, so I, I'd take a point personally. I've got to be honest. Okay, no, no, respect that. Um, I'm gonna go one nil Newcastle. I'm gonna think it's gonna be a tight game. I, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna back the boys at St James's Park. Um, they haven't given us a reason to kind of let us down um, uh, so far, but. I'm going to go one nil. I, I do think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be end to end, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of chances because I think either team is going to be a bit wary about losing the game. Mm. But we of course come to the main man, Double uh, O Stato, uh, Doctor Doom, Mister Keith Roll. What are you going for, and what have you predicted for us um, by half seven on Saturday evening? I don't have a great feeling about Arsenal. I never do. Coming to St. James's Park, really, I dread it. Those stats there. You know, last season, in the corresponding fixture last season, just in the spring there, I tipped Newcastle for a 1-1 draw. Didn't happen. So I'm not going to do that this time because oh. I'm hoping that the result I will predict will be wrong. And I hope Newcastle at least get a point. Um, I just think some of the injuries could play a part in it, just what I was saying earlier on the team selection. You know, we've got nine players out who've been figuring in the first team. And I think much like the sort of game that we had against Liverpool, we could be in a winning position in in parts of the game, like we were against Liverpool with uh, Gordon. But those substitutes were not as strong on the bench mm. I think Arsenal are stronger this season and they're really strong in the midfield in particular with um, Declan Rice coming in as well mm. so for that reason I don't think Newcastle win I think if I was to pick and I hope I'm wrong with this I'm predicting Arsenal to shade it that's not a yeah. shade it Maybe, maybe, maybe two one, maybe two one, maybe two one, sort of. But I'm just not confident in this game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Newcastle are able to at least get a point because I did tip them for a point last season and one one draw and the letters down. Yeah. Was it two nil as well? Was it two nil? It was two nil. 
Honestly, yeah. honestly. And I do think if you remember the prediction show, the season prediction show at the start <laughs> of the season, I said Arsenal were going to be, if potentially Arsenal, there was going to be a team other than City to win, it would be Arsenal, the league. So, yeah. Uh, Yano said, you're, you're fast becoming the new Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> You know nothing, just though. <laughs> Any horse Game of Thrones, you know what we're you know what we're referring to. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> the Newcastle fans have all come in and gone. What is honestly the hatred? The hatred that I get in this chat, you know. I, I, honestly, uh, I get a complex. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to get over over the door, the front door here. And then when he predicts away, everyone goes, oh, no, I need, a th- I need a therapist. I need a therapist. Come to all this hatred coming in the chat. This is new for Albert. Uh, but yeah, yeah, whenever there's a, a negative result coming from, from the concrete, <laughs> there is always a reaction. There is, for sure. Which is why we always leave him to the left. Because it's the one that everybody wants more than anything. But uh, he's gone for a 2-0 defeat. We hope that he's wrong. We really do hope that he's wrong. Like Albert, I'm sure, will hope that you're correct. Yeah, with so do I, I do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> but look, just before we go, I have to say massive thanks to our um, sponsors, uh, theradiatorshed.com. Thank you to Russ and the team for um, supporting the channel and for all that you do as well. And of course, they're all designed and manufactured in Italy. Um, the aluminium rads are environmentally friendly and are perfect for heat source pumps and they offer a home survey service and will install if required and they have a fantastic range as well um huge thank you to bathroom designs co h2o the northeast largest supplies of villaroy and botch bathroom wear team valley gateshead over 20 years established and ran by the family so make sure you get down to the showroom on 11th avenue team valley gateshead um uh valley estate in the gateshead that is for sure and uh yeah we're gonna rain down on albert um, <laughs> uh tonight but there are some fantastic bathrooms um that are available from the team so a massive thank you to you um i still get bombarded by the wife to say why have we not got a bathroom looking like these pictures i'm saying hold on i'm trying i'm working <laughs> Working away, we'll be there soon. Do not worry, we'll have that walking shower. Um, I'm joking, by the way, but yeah, uh, j- joking, not joking, but <laughs> it is there. Um, and thank you to um, the support from Jordan, Liam, and Dom, um, all those at Newcastle World, the Geordie Journos. Um, and if you want to scan uh, for your NUFC newsletter, click the or, or scan the QR clo- code and you can get access to that as well. And if you're not a member, you're not a loaded ultra, why not? Um, on your laptop, make sure you click on that blue button to join $1.99 a month um, and there will be definitely some um, more prizes and more prize draws coming up. And uh, Chris will be cooking, no doubt. Um, the next prize. Would you want, aren't we? Would you want? We are. I reckon, I reckon, Pete, I reckon. I don't know about you. I reckon uh, I reckon we do one if we beat Arsenal this weekend. I think one's at once once in once in once Jim. Yeah. If there wasn't ever an incentive, there is one there. Um, that is for sure. But lastly, everyone in the chat, you guys are amazing. 
all of our mods, the likes of Lisa, Tom, uh, Stu, the the works, uh, fa fantastic, and thank you for your um, superb support. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Your questions are amazing. Tampa Toon, I'm going to steal the chat, has just gifted oh. 10 loaded mag NUFC memberships Legends. to Legends. people in the chat and beyond. So massive thank you to you um, uh, showing your support, Tampa Toon. You are amazing and you have been ever since you kind of found the channel. You've been superb. And thank you very, very much for that as well. Um, we're going to end it there, guys. Fantastic preview. Um, always a big preview when Arsenal come to town. Uh, we love talking to the likes of Albert and Potts um, and uh, getting those stats from Keith. But look, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will be back very, very shortly. Previews um, for other shows. But before that, we're going to get the review um, from the Arsenal game um, Saturday or Sunday to keep an eye out for that. There we go, boys. We do love playing away. Chris, what's left to say? How'd you like that? Yeah.